You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. It is episode 77 of Eurobash, and once again, from our bunkers on the north side and south side of Dublin, we join you, myself and Niall McGrath. It's it's getting Word. it's getting lonesome on this show, Niall. I miss you so much. I just want to hold you. I just want to feel you. I just want to be in your presence again. Okay, enough. How are, uh, how enough, are you? Enough of that. I'm good, man. Yeah, not too bad. Um, hibernated still. Um, getting a little bit frustrated, but I'm sure the whole rest of the world is as well. But uh, yeah, no, all good. I can't complain. Working on a few things, as I said last week, so that's keeping me busy. And obviously, our sport is the only sport that there's only talk about of going ahead. So that's been interesting as well. Yes, and of course, aren't we very lucky them keeping us in jobs uh, with all this <laughs> insanity that's been going on for the last few weeks? Um, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we are still stuck on UFC 249. That is the talking point of this sport. It continues to be. Weeks upon weeks, the story continues to develop. So let's take a look at these uh, latest news headlines, and we will come back and have a little discussion about where we're at with that. UFC 249 to go ahead without Habib Nurmagomedov, according to Dana White. Uh, Ariel Hawani has reported that Tony v. Justin Gaethje is in the works at an undisclosed location. Um, As first reported on this show last week, uh, Shevchenko v. Calderwood has been postponed from the initial June date in Perth. Um, also talked about in last week's show, UFC London fighters have been compensated um, for uh, what they what should have been uh, an event on March 21st they were supposed to take part in. Uh, John Jones has pleaded guilty to uh, uh, drunk uh, DWI. He received four days house arrest and community service. Jesus. And he has revealed that he has an unhealthy relationship with the gargle. Uh, Bellator scheduled events in San Jose, London and Temecula have all been cancelled. And how about this? A bit of happy news. Tiago Silva and Russia's Yana Kunsikaya have a baby on the way. Huh? Amazing. Wow. Jeez, that's MMA. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know they were going out. Uh, Guilherme texts me. He's like, well, uh, <laughs> nobody knew Tiago and Yana were going out. And I was like, well, this is the first time I've heard about it. So. Yeah, well, well, there you go. There you go. A coronavirus baby. One, one of, the, yeah. one of the, the first of many, I'd say. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I would not like to fuck with that kid on the no, playground man. in Florida Jesus whenever it starts Christ. going to school. My God. Hardcore. Fuck that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But um, look, here we're still on UFC 249. 
Uh, I guess my first question to you is, uh, with all that's happening, with all the changing pieces, the most essential thing, does this event happen? Well, listen, I, I, I think it's very hard to say still, PT, whether it's mm-hmm. going to happen. We saw, obviously, with Bellator a couple of weeks ago. Bellator was pulled right at the last minute after the weigh-ins, um, which is obviously um, the right decision in hindsight. And obviously, a lot of upset fighters, but they obviously got their paid and they got their, their show money and all that. So I don't think we can we, we can 100% clearly say it's going to go ahead because the government could pull it. And if you're looking at the time frame, you're following everything that's going on with the coronavirus in the US and especially on the West Coast. They haven't hit their peak yet in terms of, um, you know, t- testing uh, in relation to viruses and uh, contractions and obviously deaths. So I think that's going to play out day by day by day. And it could even be one of these cases where it gets pulled in the day. It's it, it's hugely risky from the UFC to still go ahead with this. But Dana's obviously coming out with his cards um, sometime this evening, he said. Um, obviously, we're recording this um, on Monday. We're trying our Monday best evening. to wait till the latest we possible are. time yeah, so we can see it, but it's still not happening. Exactly. So um, it's just a tough one to call. But yeah, it seems as though they are putting together a card. And, you know, I think, as I was saying earlier on, I think maybe Colby Covington and, and um, Tarn Woody might yet, throw well. down. We won't go there yet. We've obviously the rumors of Tony and, and Justin Gaethje thrown down. So. Yeah, um, if they get a location, I believe a number of the fighters are willing to take that risk and go ahead. But it's it's literally down to the government to, to, to whether this goes ahead in the local authorities. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you're mentioning risk there, right? But right, essentially, the the risk when we're talking about risk, uh, when everyone else is talking about risk in terms of this event, yeah. it's the risk of spreading coronavirus. It's the risk of uh, endangering people's health, yeah. right? But then there's another risk that the subplot is. What if Gaethje goes in and upends Tony Ferguson and mm. then there's no reason to really make Ferguson and Habib fight a fight, the fight that this whole event was meant to be pushing forward for uh, because we obviously couldn't live without it. Like, I mean, it, that seems like a huge risk just in terms of this sport, right? The fight, the the one yeah. we've all been waiting for could, could go amiss here. Like, I mean, beating Tony Ferguson, right? You might say Tony Ferguson on paper. Yeah, I think he beats Justin Gaethje. But this sport... <laughs> this wild. sport is far too wild to take it as a given yeah and I think if that does happen that fight does um, you know get over the line and, and they go ahead with this one and, and you know if Justin does go in and beat him yeah like it's it's going to put that fight in serious jeopardy in the future and I think you'd probably be looking at a summer event um, I believe if we get everything cleared up between the winner of that fight and Conor McGregor that's how I look at it I think um, you know, with Habib, obviously with Ramadan during the summer sitting out, I think the UFC, especially even in this market, if they can get this event over the line, if they want to go ahead in the summer and we're still in the same situation during the summer, how big would it be to put on a fight yeah. like Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor? They wouldn't, you know, they're going to strike while the iron's hot. And we've seen Dana huge, yeah. in, in terms of putting this fight on and going ahead with one. Um, sorry, one four nine, <laughs> two 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 three nine. That he's two four nine, two four nine. Jesus, that he's he's super. Um, you know, uh, determined to get this on, as I've said, because of the money. And imagine if this continues on, how big Connor and, and, and Tony would be in the summer. Connor and Gage, he'd be huge, man, massive. And they wouldn't sit out and wait for Habib to come back. Definitely not with the with yeah. the holes in the market. Okay, but the, but the one thing, all right, that's all well and good. Like, I mean, you're dead right. Uh, a summer fight involving Connor yeah. McGregor and either Gage and, and Ferguson would be huge. But if they destroy, like, I mean, the interest of Tony and and Habib is completely destroyed. If, if KG wins. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I don't care about what's happening this summer. The fight that we've been waiting on five years for, 
Like, that's gone. I, I don't care if that happens, if Gagey beats Ferguson. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, do you not feel the same way? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do feel the same way. Same way. But I think we're at a point now where, where Dane is looking past that. It, it's it's about the books now and, and, and the, the platform and the eyes that are going to be on the UFC with no sport on. It doesn't matter who's really sort of fighting at the moment. I think it's, it's about putting on a good fight, obviously something that's going to attract the fans' interest. And you're just going to get more fans anyway because the lack of sport that's on. I think that's what it's all about for the UFC and Dana White at the moment. Yes, yes. Is... It, did Habib play his cards right, right? Because I say this now, I completely agree with what he had to say um, in terms of, look, you know, you told me to come here because it's going to happen in Abu Dhabi. I get mm. sent, I get turned around in Abu Dhabi. I'm back in Russia now. Um, everybody in the world is on lockdown. But you think because I can, because I'm a, a, a celebrity, so a person with a lot of stock behind them, I can just get on the phone and, and fly over there and do this. Um, and look, that might be true, but he's risking a lot there, right? The, his family, his, his team's health, etc. Um, I've seen so many people come out and say he's scared. It's, this is Rubbish. insanity. It, it's such bullshit. It's unbelievable. But did, do you feel as though it could have been handled better yes. by his team? Yes, by, by, by both teams. I think there seems well, to be... We'll get this... to Tony next, but let's stay on... Let's no, stay no, no, on, on, on Habib's team. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about Habib and the UFC here. I think it was handled badly between Habib and the UFC. There seemed to be a little bit of lack of communication. I think Habib said when that interview with Brett, o- Brett Okamoto that he'd basically told Dana that he'd left the US, um, you know, when he was basically in transit to Russia. And the one thing is I just don't understand with this whole thing, and this has sort of confused me. Habib returned to Russia on the, I think I believe it was the 17th or 18th of March. A day beforehand, Russia had put out um, uh, the 16th, um, they announced that they would be putting um, land border restrictions uh, or blocking spans in place. So you're just going like, you know, where's the contact between Habib and the UFC here of him going to Russia? It just seems a clusterfuck all over the place. Well, wasn't well, well organised. What happened was, he went to Abu Dhabi first yeah. because they said it's happening in Abu Dhabi, and then he got turned around in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, so that's yeah. why he ended up in Russia. But um, just the lack of communication between both yeah. sides, you know, it's typical UFC, and it's just all over the place. And especially in a situation like this, you think to be speaking every at least twice a day um, to get this over the line, and it clearly wasn't the case. So that's I think you know the UFC have a lot to to blame with this as well. I feel like, yeah, that their line was just like, Habib isn't coming. Yeah, Habib's not going to exactly. travel. And he kind of had to come out at that stage and say, well, I fucking traveled because you told me yeah. to. Well, it's typical you know, UFC like, throwing guys under the bus. It, it always happens. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a regular thing. Can say Leon Edwards? Yeah, well, yeah, there we absolutely. go. Absolutely. Exactly. You um, know, so it's messy. Um, it's all over the place. And I think it's just reminiscent of how the UFC have been over the last number of weeks with this coronavirus and trying to push ahead with, with the fights and everything. It's just, it's just become a little bit too much. And I think... You know, as I said, I'm not sure if this is all going to go down anyway. Yeah, it's it's look, it is without a doubt creating more news in this mm. sport. Um, you know, every day where where you have something new, and yeah. that's that's great for us people who are working in the sport. We know a lot of people who have uh, lost work because of this. So I mean, it's uh, it's definitely Me. definitely, <laughs> definitely keeping us on our toes. But I guess um, one thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about is seeing a lot of pushback against the media here. And it's really kind of, we say it often on this show, mm. it makes me feel as though the vast majority of fighters don't understand they what don't. our job is. Um, so it's like, we, we aren't going to come out and, and, you know, criticize Tony Ferguson for competing at this event or any fighter that's going to be competing at this event because, as we said, people need to earn money here. But there's a big difference between criticizing Tony fighting at the event and criticizing the UFC for putting on this event. If you look around the world, we saw today the PGA, the US, uh, I mean, sorry, they canceled the Open. And they've come out and said, because this is what we have to do. 
Um, they are leading the line for golf. The Champions League's been cancelled. The Premier League's been cancelled. Um, every sport's been cancelled. Everything. All of these mainstream sports. Uh, the reason why people are are kind of saying what well, the UFC need to do is, is because they are the identity of the sport worldwide. On global level, yeah. This is going to get a lot worse. There's no doubt mm. about that. This situation is going to get a lot worse. And if, if MMA is the only sport out there doing this uh, and with the UFC... That's going to that's gonna present a lot of negative pushback for the sport, which will affect everyone, not only the UFC. It will affect the fighters. It will affect uh, the media, affect everyone, if, if this goes uh, potentially as, as badly as it could. Um, but but I guess at the same time, you have people kind of going like, you know, we're asking the UFC to be socially responsible here, but the premise of this sport isn't really socially responsible, isn't it? It's yeah. so, well, it's such a, a mindfuck, this whole situation. Listen, it's, it's, you know, for Dana Weiss especially, and I've alluded to this quite fucking rigorously over the last few weeks, that he just doesn't give a shit anymore. Like the, the sport, you know, in a lot of cases in the US, and we see it obviously here the whole time, it's been like this for years, and it's never going to change in Ireland, in my opinion, in terms of the mainstream media. The sport's been shot on so much, PT, that it doesn't really matter. It's not going to affect Dana White, what, what anyone's saying about him. It's He only gives a fuck about the eyes. He's not like a very socially responsible guy, as we're, we're well aware of in many cases. So I just don't think he gives a fuck. That is the bottom line here. He wants to put on fights. He wants to put on fights for the fans. He's battled against the mainstream before for getting the sport into the mainstream of the US. It's not stopping now. Listen, if you think he's going to lie down, and we've been saying this for weeks, he's not. He's going to try and get, do everything in his fucking power to get this on. He does not give a fuck. Simple. That, that's really basically it. And, you know, these guys are sold contracts. You're dead right. You know, I, I have no problem with these guys wanting to fight because they, literally, some of them are fucking going from fight camp to fight camp to survive. That's how, how they do it. And so, like, you can't you can't knock a fighter for, for wanting to get in there and throw down and earn some bread to put on his, his table, you know? Yeah, absolutely. This is the final question I wanted to ask you on this, Noel, um, and that's why I stopped you earlier on. With this. <laughs> we have had an onslaught of fighters trying to put their names in, in the mix for this card since it kind of it, yeah. it first kind of emerged that there's going to be difficulty with the location, there's going to be difficulty with Habib. We've had Usman, Masvidal, uh, Colby, Covington, just to name a few. Do we see any of those three guys in this card? First of all, Cameron Usman. No. Jorge Masvidal. No. Colby Covington. Yes. Ooh. Elaborate. I, I just think from what he, he said to to us on the show a couple of weeks ago that he's 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 ready to go. Um he's eager to get in there. You know, he went on a, a tirade against Tyron Woodley, and Tyron obviously did the same to him. They both seem to want this fight. We've we've seen Tyron Woodley what he said the other night on Instagram, um, and I think that's just somewhere where the UFC needs one or two sort of really good fights here to to really catapult. And Dane is going to try and do. It. We obviously wanted, you know, the main event that's fallen out, but this is another fight there that's going to captivate the audience and captivate the people even more. He wants to smash records. This fight gets over the line, dude. That's what's happening. The UFC are smashing records here if this pay per view goes ahead. And I think both guys. Oh, I don't are, think so. Oh man, people are going to tune in for this. I, I, like Colby, man. A lot of people like Colby as well. He's got he's grown. Do you think he's going to do more numbers than Habib, than Mega Madoff, and Conor McGregor? I would not be surprised in this current climate. People are going to people, man. People are going to tune in to watch anything. That, I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying. Wait, no, Jerry, I, agree, I agree that there's definitely interest, but to uh, like I, I, I just think, think in the ter- in the current climate, you're going to have you'll have a lot more boxing fans tuning in. You'll have just general sports fans across the world. Because there's fucking nothing on PT. Like, 
I'm, I'm a, a massive sports fan. You know, you know, I love my soccer. I love my rugby. I love everything. I love my golf. I watch fucking anything, man. And I've, I'm literally sitting here most evenings now, right? And I've nothing to fucking watch. And I, I want to watch sports. Watch you know? no, no. So I'm going to too much. <laughs> this shut the fuck up, right? This is what we want to do. And the UFC are going to try and execute something good here. And I think you know, just from going along with both guys have been saying. I think it's a really good time to get this fight over the line because the UFC have obviously had that fight fall out a number of times um, in terms of Woodley and, and Covington if we were to believe both guys from speaking to both them that they've said, you know, he pulled out, he pulled out. If they're both fit and willing to throw down, let's do it. You know, and I think Tyron's given uh, Malky free license to negotiate a fight for him. So I think Tyron's definitely going to be in this card that the UFC are announcing, in my opinion. I, I, want, I want to agree with you. I, I want these fights oh, oh, like oh, if this is going ahead I want it to be the biggest thing yeah. it can be but I just have a feeling none of these guys are going to be on it and it's going to be Tony V. Gagey and whatever else can throw together well listen um, I, I, the only thing I, I do hope for Tony Ferguson if he's taking this fight he's getting a large large payoff I, yeah absolutely and, you know? and what do you think of what like I mean Tony hasn't done a huge amount of mean he did that interview with Ariel Awani obviously uh, speaking about this of, where, yeah. where he said that uh, you know he, he thinks that Habib should be stripped, and I think that's absolutely preposterous. Yeah, but what absolutely. what do you think of, of the way Tony came out and, and spoke about? It? Like, I mean, he had—I thought everything else he said was very good. He seems very focused. Doesn't seem to be thrown off by the situation at all to me. But what what did you take from it? Yeah, I sort of thought, thought as you're saying there, because I think he's just so used to this fight not happening that you know that was the interesting thing for me coming into this fight. And we're you know we're two weeks out again, and there's another guy a fallen out. We're not going to see the fight we all want to see, but. I think they're so used to that now that it's sort of brushed off on them. Like, fuck it. Someone else is going to have to fucking step in and fight me. I think that's the way Tony's looking at it. And it's the way you have to look at it in situations. This is five times, Pizzi. Do you know what I mean? It's five times. That's crazy, like, if you know what I mean. So I think he's stupid if he takes this Gaethje fight. I think he should just hit off, you know. I'm sure he wants to get in there and fight. But, you know, for what he could be getting coming up in the summer even. Like, I think they will do Conor McGregor and him in the summer. They'll try and do that. Because I think John came out and said that Connor's going to be fighting in July um, during the week there um, on, on Instagram with someone. And that was initially meant to be for Gagey. Yes. So I think they will do Ferguson and McGregor in July if... Uh, or Gagey and McGregor. Yeah, I, I I think... Yeah, not a bad call either, but I think they'll go all out, especially well, if Well, it's going to be either one of them, right? Yeah. They're, if they're going to be fighting yeah. in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, I'm saying Tony shouldn't fight. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Tony should just sit out to July and, and try and get Connor or something. Um. I don't know. I don't think it's the wisest decision to 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 go in and throw down with, with Justin Gaethje on two weeks' notice. Oh, I don't either. Absolutely not. Mm. Um, but look, there is more news to talk about. As we said at the top of the show, Bellator have had to cancel their London event, which was to be topped by James Gallagher v Cal Eleanor. The third time it's been booked. The third time it's been cancelled. Uh, James Gallagher is all the way in Dubai, and he caught up with me to have a chat about this. Um. When this was called, I swear to God, I got so many messages off people. This is turning into the European Habib v. Tony. It's cursed. It's never going to happen. So I got his take on that. And um, look, I got a fantastic story out of James Gallagher. And um, when we were randomly kind of shooting the shit about UFC Dublin, he talked to me about a time when the UFC reached out and, and piqued their interest in James Gallagher, which isn't all too much of a surprise. I just never heard him talk about it before. Um, really interesting stuff with James Always a real pleasure for us to have him on the show. Um, so we'll be back in about 20 minutes. And now I am joined by James Gallagher, a man who has 
just found out in the last week that his third scheduled fight with Kyle Eleanor um, will not be happening due to obvious uh, coronavirus concerns um, around Bellator London. But you're in Dubai now, James. Tell me how you ended up there. What a place to be in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the worst, isn't it? No, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no what, what happened? So I was here. I came here to do like rehab on my back. So I did uh, a few weeks ago. Um, uh, just before the New York press conference, uh, I came over and uh, and I just stayed for a week, six, I think six nights. I suppose say for a week, I think and then I stayed for like five nights because Bellator needed me in New York. So I went straight to New York. But then on my way back from New York, they were saying, oh, this, the places are going to shut down. They're going to do this and they're going to do that. Like I'm back in Dublin. So I was going, all right, so the gym's closing. And I was like, so I landed home on the Wednesday night. And by Thursday, I had flights booked back to Dubai, and I was gone by Friday morning. So I think that's the way it went. So it was because I, I, I was thinking I'm self fighting, you know what I mean? So I was thinking mm. if I go to Dubai, I can get myself a nice suite and an apartment, get training in, get the everything in need, do you know what I mean? Under kind of one roof. So I just put a lot of, lot of money into it, and I was like, fuck this, I'm fighting, do you know what I mean? So I'm going to prepare the best that I can, and I thought that was the smartest thing to do. And, and now it's all it's all got cancelled, so it's just the way it is, and then you just get on with it. Is there any kind of sour taste in your mouth after, as you said, spent a lot of money, invested a lot into this camp? Is that a sore point at all, or is this just how it is? It's just how it is. Do you know what I mean? You can't. It's no no one's fault. It's not. Do you know what I mean? It's just that everyone's in the same position, and thankfully, I'm I'm in a I'm in a great position. Do you know what I mean? The family's healthy. I'm out here. I'm still training. I'm healthy. Everything is good, you know what I'm saying. So I've got actually I've nothing to complain about. Only that I wanted to fight, and do you know what I mean? It, was, I, 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 I mean, it means a lot to me. The headline in London, and it was a big moment for me. And I wanted to fight Cal, and, and I was feeling good, and everything was everything was smooth sailing. Do you know what I mean? And and then for it just to be whipped out, but I'm in a I'm in a better position than a lot of people. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, I just can't. I don't. I don't focus on what I've lost out on. I just focus on what I've got because that's all that really matters at this stage. Yeah, I mean, what's it like, right? So it's such a different culture over there than um, than in Ireland. Has it has it been strange to be stuck over there? And I'm sure there's certain things you can't do like everywhere else in the world. Is it, is it a different experience? No, not, not so much like that. So it is, you're not allowed out. You know what I mean? So I, I've just got I've got a big apartment that I do, and I have a big terrace down with a hot tub and. And then I can train here on the terrace, and the, I've got guys come down and do pads with me, and I've got a high-level PT as well that comes down and, uh, that I was using for my back rehab. So I'm just keeping on top of all that. They come down a few times a week, and then I go and see the doctor also, and and get get looked over by him. I've appointment with him in the morning again, and I've got a masseuse that comes down and massages me and stuff like that. So I, I'm getting the best under uh, in a bad situation. Do you know what I mean? I, I've got it all under one roof, so. I haven't left in my apartment in over a week or something. That's amazing. That's amazing. Far from slumming yeah, so it anyway, James. So that, yeah, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm definitely not, and I'm not being lazy, and I'm not I'm not getting, you know what I mean? I'm making the best of a bad situation, and I think that's what we all need to do, rather than focus on what I don't have, just make use of what you do have, and thankfully I, I'm in a really good position that I have a lot. 
Yes, yes. And I was wondering, right, because, I mean, this is becoming a whole thing now with you and Cal. I can remember when it was called six days ago, people were like, this is like the European Habib and Tony. This is three times <laughs> now. I mean, does it start to feel yeah. like this, this fight might be cursed at this stage? Yeah, 100%. It's just, I just find it weird, you know what I mean? Because at the start, like when I, hi, 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 people died at the start was that he just fucked up on his brain thing. Do you know what I mean? And that that was just a weird. That was crazy. I, don't know, I just like, uh, completely out of yeah, left field. I've never heard of anything like that. It, it's bizarre. Yeah, me neither. Do you know what I mean? It's really creepy the way it happened. It was just strange. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I don't. I don't know what. I don't, actually, I don't know what to think about it. I think so many different things about it that I don't even know how I'm thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Because it chops and changes the more deeper they look into. And then. The second time I had an injury, I had a tear on my back. Do you know what I mean? It's a legit mm. reason not to fight. The scans and the medicals and the doctors told me, don't fight. You need to rest up and you need to do the rehab on your back. And I'm still I'm still doing that. Even though I'm feeling good and I'm back 100% training, I'm still working on that and still keeping that right. And then now it's, do you know what I mean? It's now it's not me. It's not him. It's not Bellator. It's not the one. It's just the world pandemic that we're all in. And mm. it's just... I don't know. It's just also I'm thinking about is that my parents are safe and and I'm good and I'm getting what I need and I hope the best to everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of one of them. I'm not one of these guys that think it's this and you you read online and everyone's complaining and they're giving out and people need to do this and people need to do that. Is where I'm just kind of going. I'm just doing what I can. Do you know what I mean? I'm just staying inside and staying safe and and getting on with it. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's all you can do. Is there any side to you, Roy James? Because I know, I know you for years now, and ever since you were a young teenager, you had big dreams, like huge dreams, and, and I know you have many things you want to accomplish before you're going to yeah. hang up your gloves. Is there any part yeah. of you, when, when this fight has been booked and hasn't happened three times, that you're like, is this holding me back? Like, am I stuck here? Like, yeah. I want to move on. Yeah, is there any yeah. sense of that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. That I'm thinking that's, what, that's the level that I'm on here now. But I can't I can't make calls yet until everything gets back back up and going because no one knows anything. Do you know what I mean? No one knows when the next fight is. No one knows what what's happening. But I, I I'm thinking of maybe just maybe just going back fighting in America again and getting a bigger fight. Sergio Pettis or I've got Dublin as well. Dublin's coming up. Do you know what I mean? But that's Peter's gig. So he he's got he's going to do that and. Do you know what I mean? So I, I actually don't know. Do you know what I mean? So at the minute, the rather, rather than thinking about all these things and about getting somewhere and grabbing this is, and getting that as we... Do you know what I mean? We can just a bike go out the door to get our shopping. So that, I'm just focused on staying fit and staying healthy. And when the, when the call comes calling, I, I think we're all going to be in a position that we don't give a fuck who it is, where it is, what it is. <laughs> just yeah. fight, you know what I mean? And, and that, that's the mindset that I'm on. Is I, I really don't give a bollocks, you know what I mean? Because it's kind of saying like, oh, there is, there is like bigger fights and there is bigger things to move on to. But I'm, I'm the big, I'm the biggest. Do you know what I mean? I, I make Sergio fights, Pettis fights, and fucking anyone. It's kind of like, oh, it's cool, he's fighting. But if he fights me, it's massive. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Cal, Cal fights, no one gives one bollocks who the fuck he is, you know what I mean? No one, no one gives a fuck about him. But if he fights me, it's a big fight. Do you know what I'm saying? So that, that's just how I'm thinking about it. So no matter what the fuck I do, it's going to be a big it's going to be a big moment and I'm just going to be ready for it. And I told Bell there and I said, look, listen, even on the, like when they were 
no, no one knew. And everyone was like, oh, we need to know if we're flighting. We need to know this. I said, I don't need to know. I said, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm going to be fit. I'm going to be in shape. Let me know if it's on or let me know when it's off when he's now. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's how I left it. And I was all now. Then after when they said it was off, I said, well, anyway, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out in Dubai and I'm on my flight. I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm set up out here with digs and stuff. So I just, I'm chilling. Do you know what I mean? I'm chilling, training. Just give me the call when the time's right and I'm, I'll be ready within two, three weeks' notice. Do you know what I mean? If even, I'll be ready in two, like a week. Do you know what I mean? I just need to drop the weight and that's it. And the weight's good anyway. Do you know what I mean? I'm sticking on the diet and staying fresh and staying fit. So, I feel that this is going to show who's the true fighters when when it's all over. Do you know what I mean? Who's ready to come out the gate running? Yes, that's very gonna... interesting, actually. Yeah, um, I've been talking yeah, about yeah, that with yeah. a fair few people because it's like you know, it's like any profession. If you don't, if you don't actually do it, if you don't putting into practice, you might come back um, not as good as you were. So that that is a good note. But but what you're saying there, James, yeah. is is there is like I mean, it's not set in stone that Cal is the next guy you fight at all. I don't know nothing, mate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when I'm fighting again. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And I don't. <laughs> no, no, no one knows when I'm fighting again. You don't know Bellator. I don't know Bellator. I don't know when the next event is. Is this thing going to go on for the next year? Is it going to be over in the next month? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of so. That's what I don't know. I hope it's over in the next month or two, and then we're straight back in at the end of the summer and ready to go. Do you know what I mean? I, I could get two, three more fights in then. Yeah. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Do you know what I mean? But. I just don't, I, I kind of, it's like, I don't talk about what I don't know. Yes. You know what I mean? I only, I only talk about, I'll talk about what I'm doing now. And it's like, I can't predict what's going to happen because I have absolutely no control over it. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, a, I'm going to try, I think I'm like, I'm, I've got a big, big apartment here now until the 10th. So I do, but I might, I might keep it for another two weeks. And then fly back home and see me ma and all and stuff because you miss home comforts as well. Do you know what I mean? When you're away, even though it's luxury and everything's good, and do you know what I mean? You got some fella coming in and rubs you out every day, and you're getting <laughs> everything handed to me, and I don't even got to cook. Do you know what I mean? I get little meals delivered to me door every other hour. <laughs> Is there any jobs going? I'll come over and cook your food for you if you need me to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You just you do the food be delivered to the hotel and. It's just, it's easy, do you know what I mean? It's easy, so the only fucking thing I've got to do is get up and stay fit, stay healthy and stay on top of myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to come out of this like a machine. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of this better than ever. Better than everyone else also. I I was on a, I was a guest on a podcast recently and I was put on the spot with a question. They asked me, um, you know, if UFC could sign anyone ahead of this uh, Dublin card in August, who do you think it would be? And the first name straight away, I was like, if they could sign anyone, it would be James Gallagher. I was like, he's the biggest mm. draw. He's uh, the biggest yeah. star. He's sold out arenas. He's uh, he's an accomplished fighter already. He's one of the biggest names on Bellator's books. Um, I mean, yeah. it's just something that isn't talked about, obviously, because you are with Bellator. You are synonymous with that brand. But, I mean, do you agree with that? If they could sign anyone in Ireland ahead of this Dublin card, it would probably be you if there was no contractual obligations, etc. Well, if they want the, if they want, they want the crowd. Do you know what I mean? If they want that big show and they want to put on something big that's going to draw attention, then yes. Do you know what I mean? And if that's the, obviously as smart promoters, that's what they want. If they want to make loads of money, then there's no matter man to bring that kind of crowd to the table. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like that it's obvious what I do with Bellator. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's set, it's set in stone. Do you know what I mean? It's set in stone what I bring. 
I don't need to explain it. They know what's what. Everyone knows what's what. It's proven. I don't need to say it. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, you talk a lot of shit and you talk this. As well, just go back and look. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing. Just mm. go and look. The proof in the pudding is there. The numbers don't lie. And, and uh, that's that's the fact of it. Do you know what I mean? If they want to get that big draw because they don't, they don't, they're not, they don't have anyone on it from Ireland, it's, it's a big draw. And I don't think there's... Anyone's Especially for, like, obviously they have Connor, but like I mean, he he won't be fighting. Yeah, yeah but Connor's yes. Connor. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Connor's <laughs> not Connor's not Connor's not in this talk. Do you know what I mean? Connor's Connor. He's Connor's is UFC. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, Connor is UFC. That's that's how that is. Connor's Connor's bigger than Connor's bigger than UFC. Mm. That's that's how that is. And but so but if they want to bring a Irish fighter in, like on the on the local scene, that that's going to bring. Next to that kind of attention, it, it's it has to be me. Do you know what I mean? But I'm I'm happy where I'm at. Belter, the Belter agree. Do you know what I mean? You seen how they played out with the the last card where Pedro was fighting for the title, and it got pulled on the day. They got paid full on win bonus and show money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so that, that that's 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 where that's 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 the promotion that I'm in, and that's where I'm comfortable. And but I'm I'm open for anything. You know what I mean. I'm, I I don't turn down. I don't turn down what's best for me. So what's best for me at the minute is what I'm doing and where I'm at. Absolutely. But this is something I've never asked you before, and um, I, I don't know why I've never asked you before. But have they ever come looking for you? Have they tried to ever get James Gallagher's signature UFC over the years? Yeah. Yeah. There was talks. They 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 reached out to my management after after the Ricky fight after I got beat. Wow, that wow, yeah. that's incredible, right? That shows how big yeah, you were yeah, after your yeah. first professional loss. They're coming after you. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So it is. They came after the Ricky fight, and we're like, "We're going to make we can make him a big star." I just got I got the, the it was a voice note that they got, and I got it sent over for me from the management from their matchmaker at the UFC, and uh, he sent me it over, and it was a big fucking fifteen minute voice note. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, and it was kind of like we want to be doing this, and they see the potential, and blah blah blah, and we want to do this, and we want to do that, and and stuff. And then the, the contracted belter came with me. Then after when I fought after like Stephen the Stephen Green fight was the main event in Dublin, and then I got do you know what I mean? I I, I they sort I'm sorted. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not sorted, but I I, I was I was just there wasn't any there wasn't any other way I was going. You know what I mean? And the contract wasn't even up, and they put this table or like, do you want that? And I was like, fucking right, I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I wasn't getting any better. No one was offering any better than that, and I don't think anyone will for a, for a while. So you're happy with your decision, obviously. The best fucking right now. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm good, you know what I mean? Like, this is, for times like this is why you got to be smart about it, your career, mm. and everyone, people would have just jumped the dock, come off a loss, and whatever, but, and, doubt themselves and not believe themselves and then when the UFC just because it's a big name they would jump at that mm. do you know what I mean and I was like I was fucking at rock bottom there but I still had that vision in my head as like I knew what was what and knew what I was capable of and knew where I was able to go with seeing the star power that I had and and that's that's what you have to keep and always in your head do you know what I mean if you see that vision and don't get complacent and like when you're feeling good and don't also get complacent when you're feeling down do you know what I mean and don't don't doubt yourself when you're in your bad times and just see it for how it is and that's something that I feel like I've been very good at and 
and just get on with it. You know what I mean? And just just keep that drive, keep that vision, and when they can, they can. I mean, I'm I'm sorted, especially in nice situations like this. You know what I mean? I haven't fought since September, and I'm still able to do all this shit, and I'm still content, and I'm still happy, and I'm still just getting on with it and being looked after, and and I'm good. You know what I mean? I've got no I've got no stresses, no worries. Only about getting my body fit and getting my body in shape and getting ready to go again. And Belter said to me that as soon as it's back and going, I'm first in line. You know what I mean? If you're ready, you're first in line. So I'm happy. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with everything else goes. And I just seen where other people and fights get pulled. They don't know if they were getting this. They don't mm. know if they were getting that. They didn't know anything. And I just, I'm not about that. You know what I mean? I like to know what's what. Yeah, and people being in your situation needs to be celebrated more in this sport because it's rare. People don't understand how rare it is, you know? It's 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 not everybody that's in a situation where they're comfortable after so many months without fighting. I think that should be applauded for a guy your age to be in that situation. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, ju- just two last questions, uh, James. You've mentioned Reese McKee on the phone to us before. Would you be happy to see him get that, that call up to the big show in August if it comes? I know you're a big fan of his fighting. 100%, I think. I think he's probably the only guy... Uh, maybe I don't mean to disrespect anyone else, but, but I can't think off the top of my head. No, I agree. He's the most obvious, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that who else they would come looking for. Do you know what I mean? He's the first in line. I feel like he's because he's a free agent, isn't he? He's yeah, pretty much. Like down. I mean, if he gets an entra- a contract offer from UFC, I think they have to open the door for him to go. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's if he's not locked down, I think he's. He's the first in charge. I mean, he's been on a. He's. I'm sure he's on a good streak now, is he? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I feel like he's on a good win streak, and he's been making statements in every other fight. Do you know what I mean? He's made a few big statements recently over the last few years or so, and I feel like he deserves it. His skill set talks for itself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. And finally, I just wanted to ask how every how everyone is at home in Straban. Um, you know, some of our favorite people to see at events are your family, of course. And we just want to make sure. I know, <laughs> you know, you've mentioned it a few times, but is everyone okay? Yeah, is everyone yeah. in good spirits? Uh, every, yeah, nah, everyone's brilliant. You know what I mean? It's just it's kind of like nothing, nothing's really changed. You know what I mean? Only that everyone's in lockdown. Do you know what I mean? And that's it. But um, I'll be speaking to them every day. But I'll be speaking to me, man. I'll be like telling her how good things are here and I've got everything. She's like, but I'm still worried about you just come home. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going like, there's no, I couldn't be any safer possibly. Like, because when you look into coronavirus, it can't survive in like heat. So it yeah. can't, it, it's not, it's like, and all this shit, I've been reading up on it and apparently I'm like in Dubai, it's one of the safest places in the world at the minute. So I think she's so. just <laughs> looking for a flight out now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tried, I tried, I tried. So it was, but but I, I just, I just a bike got in. After that, they shut the place down. So I did, but I was gonna do that. I was gonna send him like, oh, I'll rent out a big place, man. I'll just come over and stay for a couple of months or whatever. But I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It wouldn't. They, they wouldn't let anyone. They wouldn't give anyone a travel visa in. Right. You need to work here. You need to do something. So it just was too much hassle then. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling homesick. So I might just get over and bounce over and look forward to like seeing all the. Well, obviously I can't either. Do you know what I mean? Just, I'll be chilling back here as if nothing's even going on. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm sitting in my little. Yoke, and then I'm like, oh, fine, I'll just bounce back and see everyone. I'm going, but I'm not allowed outside. You're not allowed to fucking do anything. You know what I mean? So I don't. Know. I'm just picking up my stride, PT, and staying in shape and be coming out of this a better animal than I went into it. And I'm going to show up, come out of that trap like a fucking greyhound. Do you know what I mean? Come out sprinting. And uh, I just want, I just want everything next in line. Do you know what I mean? The cow thing, it's whatever. 
do you know what I mean? And fuck, fuck him. I just, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I'm just focused on myself and want to fight and and this list do. Do you know what I mean? This list, I just want that walk again. I want the crowd. I want to get back in there. It's, do you know what I mean? But probably by the time I fight again, it's probably going to be August. Do you know what I mean? That's going to be a year. Yeah. It's been a year wow. since I've fought. Do you know what I mean? And only that I, I'm still staying so relevant in it's like, do you know what I mean? There's not very many people that don't fall off the ladder after a year of not fighting, do you know what I mean? But I've stayed solid all the way through it and kept hitting the work in and kept going and kept driving and, and that's that's what I'm gonna do until until it's done. Would you say your dad's enjoying the fact that he can kind of spin around the mark while you're away though? <laughs> he won't drive it. He won't drive it, so he won't. I keep offering it. I'm like, oh, I took the car. I say, nah, 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 nah. My kids, like, kids, I had it or something. You know yourself. You know yourself. <laughs> Andy, go and take I that car. Take it on a spin. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it is, but nah, he's mad. He'd rather, uh, he'd rather go out in a bike. That's what he does. He floats around in a bike if he, if it's just around Strabane. So it is. He loves, yeah, he loves that. Fit about him a bike for one for Christmas a few years ago, and now he doesn't even use his car. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> Northern Ireland's huge for the for the, the TT race and motorbikes. They all love them, right? Need for speed. No, no, he's I'm on a I'm on about a cycling bike. Oh a wow. Bike. Wow. Yeah, a a healthier bike. man than me. That's what he goes, keep me fit, man, keep the weight off and also he's flat out into that and every time I've got one as well, so anytime I go back Emma go and do a proper spin. So that's how he gets around. Like, that's, that's his that's his transport. He doesn't take the car, and he uh, he won't drive the Merc. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, James, you, you've given me plenty of time today. Um, th- uh, thanks so much for getting on, and I hope everyone stays safe. I hope you stay safe, and I hope everything stays sweet for you, my friend. Nice one, bro. You too, PT. Look after yourself. All the I'm best. Just getting mate. back into my hot tub. <laughs> Same, same here, same here. Talk to you soon, man. Be safe. And there he was, the Strobanimal himself, uh, having a good old time in great, Dubai. Great interview. I enjoyed that one, Pete. It was good. How has no one ever asked him that question before? That was pure random I've, that yeah, I asked I've him just, that I've, Yeah, I thought about it once or twice, but I was just like... <sighs> I didn't expect it's that so response from you. Yeah. Bellator, I guess, that you just don't even... Yeah, you don't think about it, really. Yeah, uh, very it interesting, good. but not surprising either. Like, No, not at all, man. Listen, I think he's one of the few guys the UFC would would, would generally try to poach off, off Bellator MMA. Um, and I think especially around that 35, 40, 45 pound division, they have a lot of killers there, and he's, uh, he's, you know, he's the biggest name. And it's mad coming after a, a loss as well. Like, fucking hell. Yeah. Well, that shows you the value. Like, I mean, I, I only actually thought about this. I was on, a, I was a guest on a podcast, the Energy Oils podcast, and the lads were like, "Who? If you're the UFC, who do you sign if you're coming to Dublin?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "Anyone. You can sign anyone um, in Ireland. Like, what, what would you do?" And I was like, "If you could sign anyone in Ireland, yeah, there's, there's a young guy here who's selling out arenas. He's linked to Conor McGregor. I mean, like, what? How else? Who else would you sign? You know?" So um, no, I agree. Like, because. Yeah, because he's one of those guys, he just cap- captivates people. And I think, you know, maybe the UFC saw in the build-up to that Bellator event in Madison Square Garden, especially. Yeah. Um, I think it was before that fight. Was it Was it before or after? Was it that- was. It was when he, when he when he smoked Machida's brother. Yeah, like, we basically got them to put the, that on YouTube, and the numbers were fucking insane on YouTube. Because, and that was, like, an hour before, yeah, and he had, like, exactly. 50,000 people watching it yeah. live or something. And I can only imagine the numbers went up more than that after the fact. Yeah. When people started talking about it. But I, I love the fact that James come out and uh, and backed Reese as well. I think that's really novel. And yeah, really that was cool. To do. It was cool, yeah. And I think he was, he was spot on about Reese. Obviously, we've been saying it for years, but he's uh, he sort of just backed up what we've been, been saying and thinking. And I think he is. 
hands down sort of the, the front runner obviously in uh, in in Ireland to, to get signed by the UFC if that card goes ahead sure who knows what's going to fucking happen so many yeah so yeah. many pieces at play here but um just to just to speaking of Gallagher and that London card um you know there there is some uh fights that can come and go and there's some fights that need to happen or I feel like there is an appetite for that were on that card um and starting from the bottom working my way up um the the definite keepers for me I think you got to keep Saul Rogers and Robert Whiteford because that was just Love a it. really high level fight, wasn't that? I can remember Love when it, it came out, you were really excited about that fight. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a cracking fight. We know we know Saul obviously from his uh, his, his stint on, on the European scene uh, here before he signed for one of the bigger promotions, obviously Bellator and. Um, you know Robert Wyford, obviously a vet as well. Two guys who just love to throw down, swing and bang. And Saul's obviously very handy on the ground as well. And uh, it was just a fight. I think people were very, very excited about because they're both sort of explosive guys and guys that have been, um, obviously with the UFC at some point in their career in some sort of aspect. Did Saul fight for the UFC to get one fight? In the end, there was the visa issue. I remember, um, he, he was meant to compete in the the, to- the yeah, final, the tough final tough. and couldn't. Yeah. And Never got, never got the the fight. Couldn't get that visa issue um, sorted. Yeah, it was a um, I believe it's quite similar to the situation Till finds him in yeah. now, where he accidentally said something that he shouldn't have said on that visa. He should have foiled in something he didn't, and then it kind of blew up in his face. Yeah, so, so yeah. I think that's a must. Yeah, uh, definitely. Do you know what I? A fight that like maybe people aren't going. That fight needs to happen. That was a good fight, and I'll explain why. And, and many people have already. The the Leah and Janae Harding fight was particularly interesting because Janae had beaten Sinead before, yeah, right? She right. is a win over Sinead Kavanagh. And I think the fact that people know that and then put, to put Leah in against her, it's a good sell and it's a good it's a good nod to the level she's at, right? Because we know how good Sinead is. We saw how good she was against Leslie Smith. I think that's that was a that was a fight that made a lot of sense, if you get me. And sometimes yeah, no. Bellator don't make fights that make sense yeah and it was a gradual you know step up and progression from what Leah's faced um, so far in Bellator MMA and a real tough test and I think it, that was uh, a fight where you could sort of um, probably tell a lot more into where Leah's going in her career in terms of her tra- trajectory which I can never mm-hmm. say properly and I think um, you know that would have been right a, now you nailed it yeah uh, <laughs> would have been a tough tough spot for, for both ladies so that was a fight it's a very very competitive fight and a fight I think hopefully I want to see them put on down the line in the future, along with James and Carl, obviously. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the one of the great pities um, of this card for me. Uh, when I look at the main event and co-main event, it's four fighters that they have built from nothing. Like, I mean, they've built these guys from the ground: James Gallagher, Cal Eleanor, Fabian Edwards, Costello Van Stenis. None of these people were. Uh, names for European fans like before they went to where they went I know obviously James was a huge name as soon as he went pro Fabian was a huge name as soon as he went pro but they have pushed on and gone to a completely different level I think James Gallagher and Fabian Edwards is two biggest success stories of this whole Bellator Europe situation and I feel like that would have been just a great marquee for them to have and say look what we did here we've made these guys headlines and I know James has had headlines etc but this just felt like, well, look at what we've done here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I they, think Van Steenis and, and Fabian doesn't need to happen in London. You can do that in Amsterdam. I heard yeah, they were thinking yeah. about that, but I think that has to, needs to stay as well. And Bellator should have put more work in so people would have realized how important I, I was. This ju- was I was just in. literally going to say that, what you're saying here, Nate. They should have put more work in. Shipment of Van Steenis happened without anyone even knowing. Definitely. Um, and that should have been, that should have, they should have been able to compound the result of that fight into the Fabian V. It was Mike Shippen in the end, but Kostlov and Cena's beat him. So they've kind of confused the situation a bit, but I still do feel like this is going to crown 
the the number one hottest guy out of Europe at middleweight, right? Yeah, I just want to add something you were saying there. Like a lot of the guys, if you look at them, and we've we've been critical of the way Bellator have marketed these guys individually. And I think if you look at James, if you look at Leah, especially those two, they've done a lot of their own um you know marketing you know lee is obviously very popular up north with the the media there with utv and, and bbc james for for god knows how long since he was 16 years of age has, has sold himself so if they had put some extra weight in behind them uh, and done it a little bit differently and um, sort out the tv deal for things like this they could have guys that people are generally talking about in their in their houses household names here and i know lee probably is getting there to a certain extent up north james is very well very well known here but they could have even taken it to a greater level, which is the disappointing thing for me with this European series of Bellator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was going to be a big one for them. But I, I will ask you about what James said. Yeah. Um, and, and look, James, he knows to a fight that you have been talking about since uh, Sergio Pettis I heard it, yeah. joined the Bellator ranks. Um, he's saying, like, look, there's bigger fights out there for me. I don't, like, do I have to fight Kyle Eleanor? Um, you know, He's saying, like, Sergio Pettis, people get excited to watch Sergio Pettis fight, but if I was to fight Sergio Pettis, that would be out of this world. And he says, Carl Eleanor isn't known. He's only known because of this. I'm fighting him to make this a big fight. Uh, he feels like he is the, the the traction generator, so to speak, for all of these fights. Yeah. Um, do you think Eleanor v. Gallagher will happen, or do you think Gallagher, as he said, potentially could move on to a U.S. fight or something else? It doesn't have to happen, P.T., but I think with all the beef now that's been created between the pair and, you know, going back and forth, one guy's pulled out, the other guy's pulled out. It's actually getting to a situation now where it's getting like Habib and Tony, but in Bellator. I think people are... It's gen- an appetite, right? There yeah, is an appetite there. People are generally interested, especially after the fallouts now, to see it more. There's the shit talk has escalated tenfold since um, it originally fell out. So, yeah, I, like I still really want to see the fight. I think Cal, a lot of people are writing off Cal ridiculously. Um, I think it's a really good litmus test in terms of James, you know, going up to that next level and, and really getting a, you know, a really sort of high level progression opponent the whole time. It seems to be building even since that loss and he's taken out everything he's put in front of him. But you've you've always had that Pettis fight for another day because, I listen, with all great respect to a lot of the guys there, Pettis is probably going to gonna beat them from um, uh, because he is one of the top guys they have in their division um, at 135 and, I think that's something you can do that line, sell guys once more, maybe towards the end of the year, end of year show. And I think they want to put this on um, Gallagher and um, Pettis down the line because I think it's such a big, big fight for Bellator in terms of getting eyes on their promotion from Europe, from the US. It's one of those real sort of marquee year fights, like an international fight week for the UFC. This is the kind of fight that that would be down the line. And we spoke to Duke, uh, an interview that we actually didn't air um, before, and, and he spoke about his desire. He said he'd love to um, have the two of them throw down. So, um, yeah, why not? Like, you know, it's it's a quality, quality fight. But I would like to see Eleanor and um, Gallagher go at it first and, and Sergio have another fight in Bellator, definitely, before it happens. End of year, I'd say. Get over this shit first, so we live a definite date. It doesn't even need to be the end of the year, I guess. Yeah. But you're right; like it can, that can be on the, the yeah. long arm. But I also think, like as I'm talking to James, I'm always acutely aware that, you know, we think we're on, like you know, we think we're on the same step here when we're talking to Gallagher. Like we're all finding out what's happening, but I, it always feels like he's maybe a couple of steps ahead. And, and the the further I get from that interview is like maybe he's just kind of saying this thing about Eleanor to to basically highlight the fact that 
he's, he is he's, the brand name. Of course he is. He is the power guy. He is the guy that that uh, Bellator yeah. want to keep happy in all these situations. He is the gravy train. He is the guy that he is one of the the, the key components of making this European series a success. Uh, there's no other way to dress it up. That absolutely, it, it, he has been the big story out of this whole thing. Mm. Uh, the likes of him and Fabian. I mean, is he just saying this to remind Cal, like, yeah. I, I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Like, I, I can do whatever I want. A hundred percent. And there's no guarantees this fight's going to happen down the line. And you said it, you know, a hundred percent spot on there. I totally agree that, you know, he's the biggest draw in Bellator MMA. I don't, there's any doubt about it. And if anyone else wants to say otherwise, they're wrong. And listen, maybe he does want to fight in the US. Maybe he does want to push on his brand more because everyone knows him in the UK and Ireland now in terms of MMA. Um, as we said, I think Bellator could have done a slightly better job with the marketing, but um, everyone knows James, and I think if he wants to go to the US, he's 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 putting more stock um, behind him and behind his brand, behind what he wants to do. And listen, if I'm a fighter, if I'm in that position, you know, I'd want to fight in the US. No disrespect to um, the fans here and stuff like that. There's going to be a Bellator card here every year, at least one you'd imagine. So we can be picky and choosy about that and fight in the US as well. And like, fuck it, man. Why, like, why not do the Sturgio fight next? I, I don't think it should be. But if Bellator want to go down that route, who's who's complaining at this point? I'm not. Yeah, and I've never, I never heard Gallagher before refer to a card as that's Peter's card. He was referring to September <laughs> yeah. in Dublin. He said that's Peter's card because Peter's obviously fighting Patricio. Uh, sorry, yeah, Patricky Pitbull. Um, so I thought that was a bit of a tell too. Like, I mean, maybe maybe his plans aren't for September. But look, he's kept us guessing. He's done his job, as they say in the no, game. That's, that's, uh, what he, that's what he does. And that's that's why yeah, I think yeah, people exactly. want to tune in, you know. Here we are now, yeah. breaking down the interview for 20 yeah. minutes after, you yeah, know. Like, <laughs> but that's it, you know. It was, it was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've nothing but... but you know, hats off to James and what he's done, and he's a, I think he's a great representative for the sport of mixed martial arts, and and he's exactly what we were talking about earlier on, PT, in regards of fighters not understanding how to deal with the media. He's certainly someone who does understand yes, what the media God. are there for. He's he's one of the guys that I think, and for such a guy at such a young age, it's it, it's very impressive, and you know, and and then guys. Uh, fighters that, that aren't good with the media and don't understand the media's role they should listen to what James says and, and how he sells himself because he's he's fantastic at it hats off to him I've never seen a media member walk away from James Gallagher like ah didn't get anything there <laughs> you'll always get something <laughs> off James but that's it that's what that's what you know That's what the, he, he knows the drill and you know fair play to him and, and, and very mature for his uh, for his age a man beyond his years definitely yeah, I wonder if he'll give you a land of that Mercedes while it's just sitting up here. And I'll Ireland. just get what you to go like? and rob it for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give, I'll give you six hundred quid for it. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be so job fucking hot work. Change the plates. Right from one man who uh, who was who who rarely leaves us um, w- with no headlines from an interview to another. No, no uh, it is the debut of the the Russian hammer, Artem Lobov. And we have never had him on this show. And for the amount of headlines that have come out over Artem over the last last year or so, this is um, about twelve. We went through it meticulously. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> mental from KSW to Bellator to Bare Knuckle yeah. to boxing to Habib. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable amount of stuff to get here, here get through here with um, Artem. And it was an absolute pleasure to be joined by him. So happy that he has finally joined us on Zabash. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll go over to this interview and we'll be back in about 30 minutes. This is a quite a long one, but we only have the two interviews today. So um, I, I'm sure you'll be more than happy to listen to what yeah, he has to say. Um, here's Artem Lobov. 
And now, it's a man we have been wanting to join us on the Eurobash for a long, long time. It's the legendary Russian Hammer, a man who has kept MMA media in jobs, really, for the last year with the amount of headlines he's produced. Um, Artem, how are you, first of all? How is isolation treating you? And welcome to Eurobash, finally. I'm, I'm good. I'm good, Pizzi. Thanks for having me on Eurobash. I've heard a lot of good things, so it's good to finally, you know, be on it myself. Amazing, amazing. Good. Yes, the lockdown, I mean, the same as everyone else, I guess. We're all in the same boat now. It's boring, it's frustrating, it's annoying, but it has to be done. You know, this is what we have to do in order to beat this virus. So I'm just obeying the rules and then staying at home. Yeah, I mean, how is it having, um, you know, uh, a very young child, you know, your your son? I mean, what is that like having uh, looking after a child in this situation where I'm sure... You know, a lot of grandparents want to see him all the time and, and things like this. Is, is it a difficult thing to negotiate for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose yeah, but for the kid himself, I mean, he doesn't really mind. I don't think you know, I still bring <laughs> him out for walks, you know, so he is happy. The only thing he probably wants some new toys, but everything has been closed and I wasn't even able to order anything online. You know, the, the, all the toy stores here and are closed. And uh, so that's been the only kind of downfall for him. But other than that, he's been loving it. You know, we're going on walks every day, two, three times. He loves it. You know, he doesn't seem to mind, you know, so um, yeah, once he's happy, I'm happy. I want to ask you, right, because um, I was saying to you before we got on the line here, like I, w- I was kind of just making a list of things so, uh, that I wanted to talk about. But I mean, it's so it's amazing how many stories you've been linked to since since you've left the UFC and the things you've done. You, you I believe, were the driving force behind Bare Knuckle uh, getting the, the start off. It did get with the poly fight. That was the biggest fight. That was one of the biggest fights of the year when it happened. I mean, even my friends, I hadn't heard them, oh, I want to come around and watch a fight for, for a long time since Connor's heyday. They all were trying to come over and see you fight poly, which was huge for, for Bare Knuckle. But I mean, you know, in hindsight of everything that's happened, um, is leaving the UFC the best thing you've ever done? Because it feels like you have shown them the power of your name, the power of your brand, um, emphatically since you've left, to be quite honest. I mean, yes, certainly. I mean, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The reason I was able to make all these headlines, uh, one of the reasons anyway, is the fact that I was a UFC vet. You know, uh, if I was coming out of any other promotion, I don't think there would be as much interest as there was when, when you're a UFC vet. So, you know, I have to give them credit for it, of course. At the same time, yes, when I left the UFC, that has allowed me to be proactive. That has allowed me to, you know, work and and uh, and get in in all those headlines, you know. Because when you're in the UFC, you're just sitting waiting for a phone call. You know, you're sitting and waiting until they decide it's time for you to go and fight. But as soon as I was outside the UFC, you know, I was able to uh, negotiate with everybody. I was able to. Uh, uh, search for my own fights, you know, and that's exactly what I like to do. You know, I was very proactive, and to me, that's the way a fighter should be. You know, I remember, I think last year at Bellator, you know, the Team Rhino guys were all moaning and complaining about uh, Reds are not being on the main card or something like that. To me, you know, don't moan and complain. You prove to, to, to Bellator or to whoever other promotion that you're worthy of the main card, that you're worthy of the main event spot, and it will happen to you. I look at and look, it did happen to Reds down the line when he he won that fight, he destroyed the guy, and he was then the main event. I mean, it was unfortunate that he had to pull out with the injury, but 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 you know they 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 noticed him and they and they wanted him to 
to to be on the main card. And the same with if you look at Conor, you know, when Conor first time fought in the UFC, he wasn't on the main card. He wasn't the main event. He was he was on the prelims. But everyone was talking about him because he made sure of that. He gave people something to talk about. He gave gave people something to look at. And that's the only way forward. You know, there's no point moaning and complaining. Oh, I should be there. I should be here. You know, you go out there, put the work in. Give people something, you know, provide good fights, uh, make sure that you're entertaining, and that's it. And those main events, sports will come. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the purest form of prize fighting what you're doing now. I mean, you're available across multiple uh, disciplines. I mean, you are, you, are, you are ready to fight MMA, you're ready to fight boxing, you're ready to fight bare knuckle. Does this feel to you the truest sense of what a, a prize fighter is? Absolutely, absolutely, and to me, like I always say, I'm I'm not a moaner and a complainer. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a hard worker. I'm a go-getter. So to me, I enjoy being in this position. You know, with somebody else, maybe they would rather be signed to a promotion, just you know, kind of be relaxed and just sit and wait and until they, you know, the call comes and they tell them, okay, it's time to go. But not for me. You know, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to put the work in. Yes, it's a little bit uncertain at times. You know, you're not sure when when the next paycheck will come. Will it come? You you know you not to anyone but i don't mind being in that in that situation you know more risk demands more reward and it has certainly been the situation for me yes you know i wasn't guaranteed you know a fight yes you know i wasn't sure it was able to be fighting or not but i made sure i kept working and i made sure that when those paydays did come they were a lot bigger for the major than the majority paydays for the rest of the fighters uh, throughout the world yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's been amazing to watch what you've done and uh, deliver for these promotions. But I've had to compartmentalize my questions into different disciplines just to keep my head straight for this interview. Sure. Um, so I mean, right. So we'll start with MMA first of all. Um, there was very recent talk about you and KSW, uh, you and uh, the Polish Zombie uh, potentially fighting. Um, you know, was that close to happening? There seemed to be a lot of intrigue online. I know you posted about it. I saw a few different people from KSW talking about it online. I mean, was this ever was this ever close to happening? Is this still potentially on the cards? Oh yeah, certainly it was very close. I mean, where we got was. You know, I, I told them what I want to get paid. You know, uh, everything seemed to be going fine. The only kind of last bit of negotiation that was left was the fact that I just wanted to do a one-fight deal with them, whereas they, you know, wanted to sign me for an exclusive contract. And that's where we kind of were. We were just negotiating the terms, you know, because, I mean, I might not mind doing an exclusive MMA contract with them as long as they allow me to fight, you know, boxing and bare knuckle. And they seem to not mind that. So that's where we were at. But... Yeah, it was very close. You know, to me, KSW is a huge promotion, and to me, it's it's one of those things that's on my list of things I want to do as an MMA fighter. You know, and I think that's for any European fighter. It is the case. You know, I want to fight in like Japan. You know, UFC. I have already done that. Ultimate Fighter. I have already done that. And KSW is right on that list as well. Because if you look at it now, for example, KSW. They are the uh, they they basically have the second largest attendance record in the world, yes. uh, losing only to uh, Pride, and Pride doesn't exist anymore. So from the active promotions, they are the number one. Uh, you know, to me that that that's uh, something. You know, uh, they are one of those promotions that seem to never compete with UFC. They just have kind of selected their own path. Their shows are always sold out. They're always on mainstream uh, TV stations in Poland. They always make money. 
and and they never kind of look at what other promotions are doing. They just doing their own uh, thing. Whereas if you look at other promotions, they seem to be in competition with UFC, and, and all of them are clearly you know losing. Uh, you know you're losing that battle. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you more. I'm a huge, huge fan of KSW. And I mean, just even thinking about you going in there, and even if it is the Polish Zombie first, but they have, they have some amazing prospects of featherweight as well, like Saladin Panas, one of my favorite prospects in the world. Putting you in there with him is a huge fight for him, the biggest fight of his life. I, I, I feel like, you know, th that's definitely something we would love to see you in. But, but as well as that, Artem, like, I mean, Bellator come into Ireland and the UK. They snatch up all the talent. You were a free agent at this time. And we were like, this is the guy, man. If there's ever going to be a guy who sells tickets, compels interest, and really gets Bellator brand recognition, it's Artem Loboff. I mean, was that ever close? Was that on the cards uh, during this European expansion? I feel like you would have been top of the list, the first name they tried to sign. Uh, yeah, well, to be honest, they, they made me an offer when I first uh, left the UFC. They had made me an offer, and it was a very good offer. You know, I was very thankful for the offer, and, and I was kind of ready to sign for them. But, you know, at the time, the bare knuckle FC were literally throwing money at me. Uh, <laughs> and I just, you know, I just couldn't turn that down. I, you know, I tried to, I tried to ask uh, Bellator to, you know, up the, the cash a little bit just so, you know, it would make a little more sense for me to sign with them, but but they didn't, uh, and, and it was a no-brainer for me. I just could not turn down the paydays that the Bare Knuckle FC were throwing at me, so I ended up signing with them. But, you know, I'm still not ruling Bellator out of the equation completely. You know, they come to Ireland twice a year, it seems, uh, nowadays, and always a great show, a big promotion. You know, uh, you could certainly see me uh, in Bellator cage as well, but, you know, KSW uh, have seemed to be uh, very close to signing me at the moment. And, and like you mentioned, you like a lot of the prospects in the in the KSW uh, roster, but there's also, you know, uh, uh, Arthur Savinsky, you know, is a fight that I wanted to put right for a long time. Yes. Uh, you know, that, that, that win was stolen from me. You know, I, I bet that guy, uh, you know, and it was a, his friend was a promoter, a Polish promoter at the time, and they overturned it, you know, but that's a win, you know, in my books. That is a win that was stolen from me. And at the time, you know, I, I went on even Polish TV and everywhere. I was calling him out saying, look, forget that whatever, you guys fucked me over, you stole my win from me, but I'm willing to forget it. I'm not a moaner. I, let, let, let's meet in the cage and let's make it right again. But for some reason, he didn't want that fight. Of course, now that I'm a much bigger name, he probably would be interested. And in my opinion, he doesn't really deserve that that fight with me, you know, because I'm a big name now and this would be a big money fight for him. And he doesn't really deserve it because they stole the win from me. He turned down the rematch at the time when I was asking him. He doesn't really deserve it. But at the same time, I really Really, really wanted to make that right for a long time and it would you know it would be so sweet to finally knock that guy out i almost knocked him out that first fight i dropped him twice in round one and round two but you know we didn't get the finish that time i feel if we met now it'd be game over for him wow well look at this you're already you're already perking my interest with several storylines inside ksw for christ's sake artem um i'm, I'm <laughs> intrigued i'm definitely in there i, I definitely want to see this but I, I gotta ask as well it's like, did you tell me at one stage that, you know, you would put yourself forward to step in to fight MVP in London? Is this is this a, a bad recollection I'm having or is this is this accurate? Did you tell me that at one stage? No, certainly. Yeah, I, I would love to fight MVP. I mean, of course, you know, I understand, you know, with different weight classes. But but I feel, you know, uh, it's a very winnable fight for me. You know, I, I kind of understand his style. Uh, I, I know keys to kind of to beating him. You know, uh, to be honest, I, I thought that... Uh, 
uh, when he fought uh, Paul uh, Daly. You know, I thought Paul has the style to beat him, but for some fucking reason, Paul decided that he is a wrestler. But that night, I honestly don't know what he was thinking or who gave him that idea. That was the biggest mistake. In my opinion, he's got the perfect style, that kind of tight K1 style where, you know, back the guy up. And when the guy has nowhere to go, has nowhere to move, you know, uh, that's when you strike. And Paul has that style yeah, and, and a lot of power in his hands. Uh, you know, I feel I feel if he had uh, stood with him, he would have won that fight. Uh, but he didn't. So, so to me, it's something that I, I would be happy to do. You know, if Bellator were interested, I'm more than happy to do it either in Dublin or in London. Was that was that ever something you tried to get before, or am I am I confusing this with something else? For some reason, in my head, when when MVP's opponent dropped out of London a while ago, there and they had um they had to draft in an opponent on fight week. I I don't know why it's in my head, but I thought you were in the conversation for that. Is that is that true or no? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, when this happened, I messaged John Carvin, of course, he has a very close relationship with yeah. uh, Bellator, so I messaged him shortly, I said, look, tell them uh, it's one million and I'll step in for one million, you know, uh, wow. that fight is probably worth more than that, but, uh, you know, I like Bellator, so I thought I'd give them a little discount. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, brilliant, I would have loved to see that, man, that would have been absolutely electric, but, um, Yes, and look, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not just taking that fight for no payday. You know what I mean? This is not just a payday for me. I never take fights just for money. If 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 that fight was to happen, you better believe it. I'm marching forward. I'm not gonna go back. You know, I, I'm bringing the fight to him. It would be a proper knock. You know, I'm not doing a Paul Daly on him and fucking start grappling him out of nowhere. No, it's gonna be a knock if if it was to happen. Well, yes, yes. Um, right. Let Let's go from MMA. Let's Let's sidestep into boxing for a second here because. You know, like, this is what I'm trying to say to you. You you don't even... It's just your name um, has so much kind of... You have so much clout at the moment. When Brave put on that event in, in London, and, and it was, like, the suggestion that you could fight Amir Khan in the future was basically the headline fight of that card. Like, you just showed up on the day, and everybody was like, what is going on here with this Amir Khan thing? We never heard anything about it beyond that event. But but do you understand what I'm saying? That was that was nearly the biggest talking yeah. point of the event, and it was just a negotiation. I mean, what happened there, and, and was that ever close to happening? Yeah, so I, I flew over for the uh, for that uh, event. The event was great. It was a private uh, event. You know, uh, it was really actually interesting. It was my first time being at such an event. You know, there was mm. tables everywhere. We were literally having, you know, a four or five course meal as the fight were happening, you know. Um, I, I, I felt like a royalty or something like that. It was, it was really weird. But <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was interesting. You know, I met them there. I, I, I met uh, His Highness uh, uh, as well there. We didn't really get a chance to, to, to speak too much there with him. But, you know, that, that was my understanding that they were going to try and make this fight happen. They knew that I was in. And I guess the only uh, party that, that they had to uh, agree with was American. And I guess it just didn't happen to be for some reason. I'm not sure exactly exactly how it went down did they have those conversations with him but you know i was ready to go and um, and just never heard anything back you know from about that yes yes and, and of course there was there was also talk of you know you obviously beat Polly uh, when you guys fought in bare knuckle and then there was talk of you maybe fighting him in a boxing bout has there been anything else added to that situation is that still something that could happen uh, in the future <sighs> Uh, potentially, I was approached by someone earlier this year, a boxing promoter, asking me would I be interested in uh, boxing uh, uh, Polly. And, and at the time, it was suggested that the fight would take place in Egypt 
of all places. Wow. And they even sent me, they even sent me uh, uh, pictures of what it would look like. You know, it was going to be like an outside, an outdoors event, just with the pyramids on, on the background. It looked actually pretty cool, you know, and I was, I was more than excited to do it. But uh, I haven't heard uh, more about that. I'm not sure whether it's um, the corona has something to do with it. I mean, obviously, corona has course, something to yes. do with everything. But, but I'm not sure whether they still will be interested in putting that fight on after this whole whole thing blows over. But I would certainly box Poli, no problem. You know, to me, he's a very safe first fight for me. You know, even though he is a two-time boxing world champion, he is not a guy that was ever known for his power. He is more kind of like technical guy. You know, mm. score points and move around. So, so to me, you know, someone with a as hard of a head as mine, you know, that that's that's nothing. You know, uh, I, I felt his power with bare knuckle, or, or I should say, his lack of power with bare knuckle. You know, if if he was, uh, you know, coming at me with fucking uh, pillows on his hands, I certainly would not be afraid. So yeah, I definitely would be interested in that fight. You were you were even looking at one stage. This might have been last year. I can remember you kind of throwing your name in the, in the the hat for the Ryan Garcia fight. Like I mean, this is uh, these are big big names, right? But I mean, at the same time, I can understand where you're coming from because these guys, these prospects, need big names like you to 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 kind of get their cloud up, right? Absolutely, and especially you know you know yourself. I've always been the advocate for no record fighting. You know I fucking hate yes. uh, uh, fighting all the records. And if you look at Ryan Garcia, he is right now the most fighted record in the whole of boxing. And how is this guy a star? For what? Based on what? You know he's never won fucking the Olympics. I don't even think he said that much of an amateur. Career. I'm not really sure exactly, but you know I certainly haven't heard him you know winning Olympics or anything like that. He hasn't beaten anyone in boxing. So how the fuck is this guy a star? Like how well, what do you mean he's a star you know the sport of boxing i love the sport of boxing the sport itself is absolutely amazing it is one of the toughest sports on the planet it takes so much courage it takes you know so much balls to be able to participate in it but yet it is riddled with all this fucking padded record pussies you know what i mean how, how, how the fuck is he a star where are the guys that are actually taking real fights you know what I mean? Like guys that are going to war every time. How come somebody that's doing all these fake fights where guys are paid to basically lose and he's a star and getting all this money? That's unfair. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't mean no disrespect at him. I'm sure, you know, I'm happy for him. He's successful. Great. But it's time to prove yourself. You know what I mean? Let's go. And, and everybody knows that when I step in there, I'm not there for just payday. I'm going to give it my all. So if he can get past me, well, then in my books, that answers the question. You know, then, then he is legit. You know, so if he can put me away, then he is legit. So let, let's make that happen. You know, I'd be willing to make a cut to 140 for him. Well, I, I can remember, and I've seen you down in, in Celtic Warrior a lot with Packy Collins, a great man, a, a man I've spoke to many times uh, over the last few years. But I, I can remember when Neil Siri used to go there and spar, he was like, MMA fighters won't go down here because it, it's, it's hard, man. It's like you're coming in to do something else. And you know, you're going to take a few licks before it gets good to you and, and, you know, you start to feel the improvements from it. But this is something I've seen you doing a lot maybe over the last one, two years. Um, how much does that kind of prepare you for, for the boxing world? Although I know you've always said, like, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. It's just sharpening uh, incremental little things to get yourself ready for it. But has, has the time with Celtic Warrior benefited you a lot, Artem? Uh, certainly, of course, it's been absolutely incredible, and I'm very thankful, you know, to Paki for allowing me, you know, to come in and uh, inspire his guys, and also I went in to inspire Pete Taylor's guys. Uh, he has a big, big team of very, very strong fighters, so I inspired there as well. 
So, um, and also Stevie O'Rourke is, is another one that I have gone to spar his guys, you know, Victor Rabbi and, and, um, and the Tyrion brothers are there as well. So, uh, I, I, I've been going there as well. And yes, it's helped me a lot. You know, this is the only way to get good. You know, you go in there and inspire these guys. And to me, I, I was just curious myself because when, whenever you hear, you know, a boxer talk about MMA guys coming in, they, they make it sound like, oh my God, this is not even going to be a fight. It's just going to be, you know, game over straight away. It's not a chance. So I wanted to see what all the fuss is all about, you know, just see and, and try it with the best guys in the world. And I did that. And look, don't get me wrong. I got, I, I got, uh, my fair share of us whoopings, but you know, I, I felt I held my own just just fine, and one was well able for these guys, you know. Um, and it was a great, uh, I made great improvements uh, as a result, you know. Yes, yes. Um, obviously, UFC Dublin coming. Um, and look, I'll be perfectly honest, I understand exactly why you're saying, like, you know, if I was going to do that Zubair fight, I'd want a one-fight deal. Let's look at all the options we've talked about for the last 20 minutes. I mean, of course, of course, that's the situation you would want. But I could see the UFC not really being interested because they'll want to have you exclusively. Like, as much as you would love to fight on UFC Dublin, as much as the fans, media, everyone would love to see you fight in UFC Dublin, is that one-fight deal the only way it can really happen for you um, when you look at all the other things you have going on? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, you have to, I have to be realistic here. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting any younger. I have a baby as well now, you know, so I need to be making money. And, and then the UFC, you know, I just can't afford to just be sitting on the sidelines waiting when my next paycheck will come. So uh, one fight deal, that's why I'm proposing. And, and like I said, I wouldn't be taking the money. The, the full purse would be donated to charity. And, and the UFC, they can do whatever they want. Let's be honest. They've done crazier things than that before. So, so, you you know, if they wanted to do it, it, it would just be convincing them. If they wanted to do it, they can make anything happen. You know, there's nobody can say no to them. Nobody, you know, I mean, can, can can say don't do this or the other. They've done crazier things. We've seen what they've done with, you know, uh, what's his name? I uh, see uh, Punk. You know, they yes. brought this guy in that never fucking fought before for a one fight deal. So, you know, I mean, so why not allow me the one fight deal? But of course, I will understand if they will not go for it. But for me personally, that that's the way I would love for it to happen. Yes, yes, and I mean, like that. It that would you say that is the one that you know, in terms of you know, personal uh, uh, an issue you need to resolve. That that is the fight that you still is on top of your list in terms of personal beefs. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's a fight that I will not take any money for, and that's a fight that I will be interested in, no matter where it takes place and what promotion. You know what I mean, or, or what rules? It just has to be a fight. You know what I mean. I wouldn't grapple him. You know what I mean. That I, I wouldn't be interested in that. But I would definitely do like MMA fight, boxing fight against him, bare knuckle boxing fight against him, whatever. You name it, I'm ready to go. Yes, 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 indeed. Um, I, I, I was thinking to like today. I mean, I know there's obviously a lot of history there, but but do you understand that the 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 fact that Habib Nurmagomedov is not willing to travel to this this fight at UFC 249? The fact he's kind of come out and said. You know, I'm I'm not doing this. The whole world is shut down. Um, do you understand that logic he he's kind of had there? Yeah, well, well, to be honest, I mean, if I mean, we have to be, I think, fair here. I think that's probably the only pullout of his is where I can kind of justify. You know what I mean? The previous ones in from both sides, Tony and and Khabib, you know, there's no justification for those pullouts. But for this one here, I mean, you have to kind of 
go and say, look, the world it has come to, to, you know, close. You know, it is in, in, very dangerous for people to get infected or whatever. The travel bans are in place. You know, it's making it extremely difficult. So, you know, here it's kind of, I mean, I'm probably, yes, if you, you know, we could have made that fight happen probably, but at the same time, you can't really, you know, fold the guy for for not doing it in, in such circumstances. You know, it's, it's 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 one where I don't really want to put everything you know on him here because look at the situation you know what I mean the world is stopped you know everybody is telling us to stay indoors and here we are trying to you know put a fight on so and to be honest we still don't even know will it take place and we still don't even know where it will take place if it will you know what I mean there's still no location for this fight there's still no no details you know if you're a fighter preparing for this it would probably be absolute hell you know what i mean everybody's telling you stay indoors and you're not allowed to you know you have to do social distancing and all this you can't see people and all but yet you have to somehow train you have to grapple you have to wrestle plus you have to make weight you know it's 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 a very very tough situation so here you know you can't really i don't think you can really put it on him you know fully here yeah, no, I agree with you completely. But I also think like there's so much talk of Habib and Tommy now, and the fact that it isn't happening. Uh, Ariel report, Ariel is reporting that Gaethje and Ferguson's gonna is likely gonna go ahead um, in an undisclosed venue on April 18th. But I'm kind of thinking now, like I mean, Connor and Habib rematch is probably gonna happen before we ever see Tony and Habib at this stage. You know, like it feels like that's the fight Dana wants. That's a fight Connor has said he's wanted for a long time. I know Habib isn't interested, but. I don't see why not that that probably could happen before the end of the year before a Tony and Habib because that feels coarse now. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. But to be honest, I don't really want to see, not that I don't want to see, I, I do want to see Tony fight Gecha, but I would like to see Habib fight all those three that you mentioned. I'd love to see Habib fight Gecha, I'd love to see Habib fight Tony, and I'd love to see Habib fight uh, Connor again. You know, I, I feel those three out of everyone in the division, probably have the best chance at beating uh, Khabib, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't want them two fighting and then Khabib won't have to fight, you know, one of them anymore. And I would love to see all three of those fight Khabib, you know. To me, those are very interesting fights. Each present uh, their own set of challenges for Khabib, you know. So those are the fights I would like to see him in, you know. But yeah, you're right in saying that we're probably, I didn't even think of that actually until you said it now, but we're actually probably closer to a rematch with Conor and Khabib now that uh, Gage is stepping in against Tony. Yeah, no, I think that is the case. And Artem, I, I need to ask you, uh, we've been talking about the fight game for nearly uh, half an hour. Um, I was going to take it away from that and ask you, what would you recommend people do to pass the time here? I mean, do you have any recommendations? Have you have you already gone through everything on Netflix? Have you already, you know, done all the activities you set out for yourself at the start of these few weeks? Or do you have any recommendations? Man, I was going to suggest you ask people to give me some recommendations because <laughs> I'm going... I am going crazy in here. Man, those home workouts, I'm telling you, like, they are not for me. I just, I'm not, I can't do them. Like, I mean, I try and do something, you know, like push-ups, but my God, like, they just, I'm just, it's just so hard to do them. Like, it's, I don't know, it's just, I just can't find the motivation to do them. And I'm a professional athlete, you know, it, because when you train normally, you know, you're like grappling or wrestling or, or boxing, whatever, it is so much fun, you know, time just flies by and it's a great workout for cardio, strength, everything. But when you're just by yourself trying to do this fucking home workouts, oh my God, I just, I honestly, I just, you know, I do a few push-ups and then, oh, I, I just can't do it. Like, it's yeah, so hard. Like. 
you you strike me as the kind of guy like as you're describing it there like when when you're sparring someone when you're grappling with someone it's the fact that you got to fight right like i mean you can't just take a round off and, and take a beat and like exactly. inside yourself you you, you got to fight right like i mean someone is is making you fight for your life all the time there so it must be very different exactly and here i am doing fucking burpees in my <laughs> living room and i just see a packet of crisps staring at me you know what I mean? Like I just, yeah, I found that I find this way hard. Honestly, I find this lockdown hard. I'm not even gonna lie. You know, I, I, I try and read all the positive things online and try and motivate myself and get motivated somehow. But I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I find it very, very hard to get motivated to do any exercise and uh, you know, and and just kill time. You know, for me, my my main thing has been my kid. You know, just he is the only thing that I'm motivated to. To, to kind of you know to engage with you know I play with him a lot you know we we go on walks all the time so he he is the only he's been my savior you know he is the only thing that's been keeping me sane in this crazy time. Ah, that's amazing to hear, man. That's great. Um, uh, so but you're basically telling me that you're never gonna make featherweight again after this is what you're saying, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you see, well, once you give me the right motivation, you know, like I said, if Ryan Garcia takes the fight, let's do it 140. I'll make the 140, no problem. I'll put all the crisps away. I will even start doing the workouts. I'm telling you, if Ryan accepts the fight now, I will start doing the home workouts. I'll start uploading my own ones. You know what I mean? All those... <laughs> You'll be an influencer. That'd be amazing, Artem. <laughs> I'll become an influencer just for that fight alone. That's beautiful, man. Come here. I, I really appreciate you getting on. And thanks for staying on the phone so long. We had so much ground to cover with all of your options. Mr. Options at the moment, man. It, it's great. I hope yeah. it continues after all this madness calms down. Me too. Thank you so much, uh, Pitsky. I really enjoyed the chat. All the best, man. Stay safe and all the best to you and yours. Back to the couch I go. <laughs> See you, man. Bye-bye. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> See you after, Adam. Good luck, man. <laughs> Thank you to the great Artem Lobov. What a pleasure it was to have him on the bash. Let's hope we can make this a regular occurrence. Um, and look, we the talked go, about the goat, Petey. You got it wrong. What the goat? Oh yeah, of course, of course. But um, as, as I was saying, we, we talked a lot about this whole UFC two four nine situation with Artem there, and now uh, it's just been made official. It's Tony V Gaethje. Um, no word on what the rest of the card is yet. They're going to clash for the interim lightweight title um, on April eighteenth. On ESPN Plus in the US, probably BT Sports here, I'm guessing. I doubt they're going to put a pay-per-view wall in front of it here, would you? Nah. Gee, I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe. It's going to be interesting, Pete. Um, you know, money talks at the end of the day, but yeah, I, I doubt it because there's no other live sport on, um, especially here. This model has never traditionally worked, so I think people would be very fucking pissed off if they put it behind a wall here. But uh, yeah, no doubt it. Thank God we covered this all uh, in the previous segments of the show because uh, for over the last month we've had to re-record the show twice, twice. like of, literally uh, from start to finish. Happened while we're recording after I'd edited it as well. <laughs> which yeah, is great. which was fantastic fun for you. I assume I was dead. But, yeah, um, loved it. UFC 2.9 is not the only thing that's going down in Dana White's life at the moment. Uh, no, oh. did you hear this? He's been a bit of a I dirty did. dog. Yeah, I read it. Let me just uh, read through this the latest we have here on MMAfighting.com from Steve Morocco. Um, a man at the center of a 2015 extortion case against the part owner of a well-known business has named UFC president Dana White as the central figure and alleges he was wronged by the promoter in the lawsuit. The suit filed this past Friday on behalf of Ernesto Joshua Ramos in Clark County, Nevada District Court alleges White and UFC attorneys broke a contract to compensate Ramos for signing a non-disclosure agreement that shielded the promoter 
and the UFC from potential fina- financial losses and embarrassment months before the company was sold for over $4 billion. Ramos, via attorney Ian Christofferson, alleges the NDA he signed was in exchange for pleading guilty to a single felony extortion charge, which prosecutors foiled after he was caught accepting $200,000 for a video of White having sex with his girlfriend and an exotic dancer at the Spearmint Rhino Club in Las Vegas. Wow. Jesus Christ. What do you say? I, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, it's 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 pretty um, <laughs> hardcore shit. <laughs> and this, this the day after he's on a conference call with Donald yeah, Trump. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, the timing, timing was superlative. But uh, yeah, like, I, I really don't know what you say about that one. It's very fucking... Um, just fucking all over the shop like it's a it's it's a clusterfuck it's like the ufc at the moment what is going on and pardon the pun in terms of clusterfuck but it fucking is like it's it's all over the shop it's hardcore shit Uh, another one but like fucking do you know what i mean like it's who knows who knows man there's so many fuckers out there that try to extort people we you see it the whole time these days and we don't know i think it's very hard to pass judgments on any of this until Maybe this escalates, or it'll probably end up getting thrown out, or something like that. It's it's just it's just Dana White, really, isn't it? It's only in the life of Dana you, White this could happen. It, it kind of um, I was kind of wondering why he was out there making so many headlines, and then this happens, and I'm like, right, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Petey, it's his alias. <laughs> he's the he's the one. Wild, man. It is wild, but what it's, a, it's Dana what a White. fucking sport. That's Jesus mental. Christ! There's nothing man. like it. Like, like we're in a, we're in a global pandemic, PT. Right? There's no other sport in the planet, even like thinking about going ahead with anything. And here we are having like fucking sex scandals. There's fucking, uh, you know, f- fights going on. There's medical issues. Like, what? Where the fuck else would you get this? It's like a fucking soap opera. You can't write this shit. It really, it, let, it's unreal. Let Let us continue the the trip onto the wild side here. Soap operas. Um, <laughs> Here comes uh, Jones, uh, his punishment for this DWI, uh, negligent use of a firearm, possession of an open container, driving without proof of insurance. Um, He he will get house arrest and probation. Jones will be required to wear an ankle monitor during his house arrest, (laughs) complete 48 hours of community service, pay a $500 fine, complete a 90-day drug treatment outpatient (laughs) program, and install an ignition interlock device in his car, for the agreement obtained by MMA fighting. Uh, this is, of course, uh, Steve Morocco's report on John Jones uh, pleading guilty to DWI and receiving four days of house arrest and community service. Um, what do you think of that one, John? Uh, like, I mean, I, I thought... I, I thought it was... Like, I mean, I don't get that the house arrest thing seems like a piss take in this day and age where we all can't leave our houses. Oh, it's ridiculous. It, it You couldn't have written the script any better. Like, this just gets better, the whole John Jones scenario. It, it's fucking crazy. Like, at the end of the day, you're... You're talking about a guy who's had multiple run-ins with the law and they're giving him another slap on the wrist. Like, they might as well just throw him in detention for a couple of days. And it's it's like literally going to school, going to the principal's office. That's what it is. Or getting, you know, you're in boarding school or whatever and getting fucking thrown in detention for a few years. That's what it is. It's slapping the wrist. Like, John Jones is, is never going to learn um, if the law are implementing things like this um, so lenient in terms of a sentence and, and punishment. Like, the, the guy needs a real rude awakening and this really isn't going to be it the UFC need to do something I think um, probably won't because he's a draw um, and, and that's do you just strip sad, him? Do they even strip him? I, I don't think they will but uh, you know I would um, I, I don't think maybe maybe not strip him maybe I'd suspend him um, I think that'd be worse if they suspend him because like if you keep him with the belt and you make him a fight then he like in theory 
they're making, they're telling him, go and prepare, go and be a fighter. Well, well I'll tell you what Whereas, I probably think they will do. They'll probably suspend him for six months and he's not going to fight for six months anyway. So, mm. you know, it makes them look good to a certain degree. Um, you know, we suspended him, Daniel, go on, nah, 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 nah. We, we punished him. And then really he hasn't been punished because he only fights once, twice a year if we're lucky anyway. So, I, I don't know, man. I think John Jones is at a point now in his career where, um, you know, we, we've seen probably a little bit of regression in him and... and you know, maybe it will be a blessing in disguise if he just goes up and fights Stipe and Stipe starches him because it's getting to the Ooh. point now where you, do we really want him around the sport anymore? He's he's more hassle than he's worth. That's that's what I'm thinking. It's tough. It's tough it is. because it's just the same fucking such, thing such, time and time again. There's no learning process here. That's what's frustrating for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, like, I mean, yeah. I, I think the, like, I certainly think we need him in the sport uh, just because he's, that good and it, I think it's a it's a fucking pity I agree but how many times has this happened PT it's, it's, oh, it's yeah, there's yeah, no, no learning no, and, and he's getting older as well he's 32 years of age now like come on you imagine know. being 32 fucking hell oh god I, I couldn't <laughs> perish, the, perish the thought lads Jesus <laughs> Christ you know what I mean fucking yeah, fresh fresh faced 27 year old you're looking at here PT Carl of course um, it's it's just I'm just glad to see that he's he found a new hobby yeah. and he's out in a scooter in the <laughs> desert um, <laughs> That, that, that was what I was really concerned about. Oh, thank God. Uh, what a bizarre post is coming out from his way, man. I mean, he needs... But, but you know, know. You, you know what? Even maybe moving to heavyweight for him, maybe he needs a fresh challenge. Maybe he he's a little. A challenge. He needs a challenge yeah. where he's like, yeah. "Fuck! If, if I don't, if I don't exactly. stay in this gym twenty four seven, I'm going to die." Steve Miocic is that challenge. And I, you know, I've been calling this fight two years. You know, I think now is the time to make this happen. You know, but, but is but, is he that fight though? Like, no. Like D- Daniel Cormier knocked him out cold, and John Jones has battered Daniel Cormier twice. But yeah, it's, it's a different challenge. It's a different well, weight class. It's different, but it, is, is it is it really that much of a challenge? Like yes, for Jones, man, Stipe. No one has defended the the, the heavyweight title more times than Stipe Miocic, and it's, I know, but it's like Stipe three times. But still, it's still a record. It's you have to look at it like that. We know guys can get caught at heavyweight. It's not like when you're fighting at 125 pounds. You yeah. know, it's 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 one shot and you're out, and like. Obviously, that happened to Steve Payne. Listen, I've often spoke about that fight and, and, and you know, the, the eye pokes. They were a crucial factor that weren't talked about because a lot of the media seemed to like DC. Um, and I think Are you one of these lads giving the media? No, I, I, no, 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 no. Our colleagues, do you know what I mean? I think there was a lot of sort of maybe favoritism towards towards DC in, in terms of the fight when we looked at it afterwards because those eye pokes, 110% had an impact on the outcome of the fight. Mm. Um, yeah, it's... I, I just... Like I do feel as though Jones, as in, like he hasn't been as convincing as he was. Um, that Definitely. gives me greater hope for Stipe if they were to fight. Not, not, not the fact that Stipe is Stipe. If I'm gonna be but, honest, but I think there's um, so much on him that he's gonna go in and beat these guys. That you know, it's it's just becoming, it's going around. You know, Lana, Reyes, and we had Santos. And meant, don't get me meant wrong, to be, meant to be drinking the the, the week before yeah. he fought, like like Silva. I mean, um, I just think he's bored. Thiago Santos. I do. Um, yeah. Um, what about TJ Dillashaw's claim that he's coming back to fight for a world title in his first fight back? Um, well, I think it's a disgrace the, if the UFC do that. But they've done it with Jones before. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it is, but nothing surprises me with the UFC. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. But it's fucking stupid. It's it's great. It just sets the wrong president the whole time. And I think you know. You have to question whether like Dana gives a fuck anymore, everything that's gone on. I think this sort of feeds into what we were saying earlier on, what we've been saying the whole way through the last number of weeks. 
it's all about money for him. Like, that's just let's just accept that. Like, it's it's not really is, is the passion gone from Dana a little bit? You know, doing the right thing. Maybe he did the right that thing a little bit more back in the day. The passion is still there and all. Yeah. Okay. Shut the fuck up. But, <laughs> right. I I don't like I don't like Dillashaw particularly as a person and uh, you know Dillashaw. Yeah, he just annoys me. He, he, him and uh, you know Dwayne Ludwig and they're pretty painful when they're together. But Jesus let's, let's be honest, man. I'm not. It is like who wants to listen to to Dwayne Ludwig talk brown brown for like oh Jesus Christ, he does my head in like he's, week, it's just uh, like when he when he, Ludwig yeah, when, he <laughs> when he comes on the TV, it's just like just oh Jesus, get this lad off the TV. Like he's one of those. Like imagine if he was in a pub. I don't he'd probably he clear drinks, out the uh, pool. He's the type of guy that doesn't drink. Yeah, he, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I'd say he just smokes and, and well, I better not say <laughs> Okay, I'll just shut up here. Just stop fucking yeah, digging out. We get you. Don't like, okay. you, you don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I watched WrestleMania at the weekend. Uh, you, you said you love all sports, but I didn't see you tweeting about WrestleMania. So what the hell are you talking about now? It's fake. <laughs> People are going to hate me for that. It's fake. What, what do you the mean? The F word. It's scripted, Pizzi. What? I hate wrestling. I don't give a shit what anyone fucking thinks. It's uh yeah, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't be a, a a religious watcher. I usually try and go in for these. I was particularly interested this year because of the whole behind closed doors thing, but when I was watching it, like I wasn't invested at all. I actually need I was saying this to you before I came on here. I need the crowd there to actually understand who people like, who they dislike, what the impact of them is. And and this behind closed doors was I had no fucking idea. Like, I was like, all right, yeah, that's the guy's, this guy, whatever. It was just very stale for me. They did do some uh, big kind of feature bouts. They were good. They were good to watch because it was like nothing you've ever seen before, obviously. But um, just kind of gave me a bad feeling about this whole 249 thing, man. Like, when I was like, this isn't going to feel the way it should feel, especially when it was meant to be Habib and Tony. Yeah. I mean, it just, like, are we going to, the sense of occasion just wasn't there at WrestleMania. This is an event famed for its pageantry, for its spectacle, everything like that. It just wasn't there. Like, my missus, miss tried to watch me. Elaine's gone to bed in about half an hour each night. Like, fuck this. So, I mean, if you're going to really put on this uh, Ferguson and Habib fight in a situation like that, it really kind of diminishes it for the casual viewer. If they're tuning in to see this so-called, mm. the fight that all of us diehards have been waiting for for so long, and it's like there's a cactus rolling by the fucking octagon while it's going on, it, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like what I thought that would be. So th- there's a part of me that's kind of glad, um, mm. you know, we're not going to see this fight in that with that backdrop, if you get me. Yeah, well, who knows? The UFC, they might have they thought exactly the same way and, and pulled this on purpose. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, you know what I mean? Go to Abu Dhabi. Go yeah, to Abu Dhabi. Like, yeah, just get him out of here. Get him out of here. Like, we'll, we'll just, we, we, we don't want this to happen. Who fucking knows, man? Who knows with Dana White, like, with, with the gate and things like that? It's, it's, it is. It is. It's going to be bizarre. I think we saw it with, obviously, you know, Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira a few weeks ago, and that was odd in itself to watch. It was very surreal when you could hear the corner so vividly. You could hear... Obviously, the uh, I think it was the um, what fight was it? Um, where Hazovich, wasn't it? It was, yeah, Damir Hazovich, and um, when Mokano. Mokano, yeah, that was absolutely hilarious. Why did you submit me? <laughs> All this sort of shit. But that's yeah, you know, it would be great to have a crowd for for Tony and Habib, and I think I, I'm spot on with you there. I totally agree, and um, yeah, just. You know, put it off for another day if 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 they had to, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the thinking from Dana White and the brass to get a cool two million through the gate as well. 
the, uh, the another thing I just wanted to mention about WrestleMania, uh, Shayna Baszler, former UFC fighter, competed on the card against Becky Lynch, Ireland's own Becky Lynch. I just wanted to say she looked fucking brilliant. Uh, she like you know, you're expecting like you know, th- three years ago we were watching her in the, the UFC, I think, and now she's doing all this stuff. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. Um, one, one of the she, po- true pioneers of women's mixed martial arts as well. Like absolutely, man. It's great day. to see uh, people kind of having a new life outside yeah. of, of our sport and transitioning to the different things. We obviously know Cain Velasquez over there now as well, as well as Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey. But it's just great to see, and I'm, I'm glad that they have an option mm. um, that maybe doesn't limit them in terms of their age or, or maybe get, be physically to some extent. She's getting a you know, hell of a lot more great. money as well, you'd imagine, with, with, the, with the WWE, yeah. so... Should be on big That's books. another thing I was googling, man. Um, like, like as I said to you, I don't know the people who are yeah. in there. I, I don't yeah. know the, the the names of the wrestlers or whatever. So as the wrestlers were coming up, I was googling how much money they make a year. Well, wow. oh yeah, it's, it's like it's, I mean, it's, it's, no, no, but like I mean, this is what they should money. be fucking paid. This is what MMA fighters should be paid. Like I'm mean, like these guys weren't the top of the card by any stretch. Yeah. Like these guys were like opening cards, and I'm googling their names, and they're like two million a year, one point five million a year. Like, yeah, yeah, that's probably what you should be earning for something like that. You oh, know? definitely. If these guys' bodies to get bashed around, they're on the road 365 days a year nearly. And I think I remember speaking to CM Punk in, in, in Cleveland when I covered that card um, for Severe MMA back in the day when, when he made his debut. And, and he spoke about the differences between training for mixed martial arts and, and, and being on the road 365 days a year. And, you know, he was getting obviously a huge, huge contract from the WWE at the time. And and he even said himself that, you know, he actually preferred training for mixed martial arts because his body was just getting knocked around every day, every night, being in the ring, having to, you know, take those hits and bumps. So that was a really interesting point for me. And, you know, obviously the money's a lot, lot bigger in WWE. And so it should be in, it should be in, the, in mixed martial arts as well. Definitely agree. Um, How did it feel to... Uh beat AJ Styles in that Boneyard match. I didn't know if you were going to do it for a minute. And for you to show up on the Harley Davidson without yeah. the, the, the minions and terrifying funeral march you usually bring. It's just a warm-up for... Quite left field. It's a warm-up for, for, for uh, the young fella um, in a few weeks' time uh, when we get him here in Dublin. So, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. It's just preparation. I was just, you know, getting the... I don't fight as much as I used to these days, but, uh, you know, he's fucked. And I think we might have seen on that video that I put out the other day for, for uh, the young fella that... Uh, you know, I'm coming for that the young, bitch. How's that youngs? Yeah, rest in peace, bitch. There is, a, you know, there's been a fair few barbs being exchanged. I mean, um, we had fighters asking about who, why, why are you guys fighting each other? Well, he started um, it, man. He, 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 he mentioned my name in, in, in vain and, and, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't be fucking, don't be talking shit, mate, because you talk shit about me. Chat shit, come back. Yeah, that's it. You know, knock the fuck out. I'm glad, like, uh, my favorite part of this whole thing was the other day when the ace are starting your retreat and you're in, watch this to see the fella, I'm going to knock the fuck out. Did you like that one? I was crying laughing. Uh, I was only sorry, like, halfway through the show. Listen, I am, I, I'm fucking out on him, he knows it as well, I don't know, he's talking about parm chicken, whatever the fuck that is, listen, I don't give a fuck. He, I've had it once, yeah. very nice. Yeah. Um. Also, I'll just, I think I think, I think I should just keep doing that, PT. What do you reckon? Every time he appears, just have a look at this guy. This guy, I'm going to knock the fuck out. <laughs> that was funny. All right, oh, well, was <laughs> that was funny. I don't see uh, my first initiative was to end the civil war, but neither you or Jose are listening to me. And why would you? So um, continue on the way is most. Oh yeah, definitely. We, oh, of course, I'll be on the A side on Wednesday and Friday this week. Uh, the great AK Lee is doing it on Mondays with Jose uh, because we're doing the bash, obviously. But I also wanted to point out that what the heck 
where the great Mike Heck, the newest member of the MMA fighting team, has begun on Thursdays. He's already put out his first show. His second show is this week. He's doing great work. He is milling out the interviews. Um, and check that out if you will. Um, I'm sure we are all looking for more content to consume. And he is getting on some great, great fighters there every week. But um, yeah, Noel, what, what, any, anything you've started to do um, in in your quarantine, in your isolation that you haven't done before? Jesus, that's a tough question. That hit me with that right here now. <clears throat> At the very end of the show. <laughs> Now nah, I'm just as I said to you, if you I'm I've literally been answering the door every morning to a new fucking package. It's like I'm selling drugs. I actually think they might be after me soon because I've had so many boxes coming into the gaff in the last two weeks. I've actually hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven deliveries so far. I've another four or five to come. Savage. That's a lot. So unboxing things is your new un- uh, un- <laughs> Nah, fuck that. They're all stupid. <laughs> the fucking unbox. I wasn't me bollocks thinking about it. No, I'm going to show people how to use equipment because I'll tell you what, what's been madness, right? And listen to the radio and watching TV and stuff. How these fucking, some of the shite these stations are putting out in terms of the audio, you can't even hear guys around. It's brutal, the production. It's not that hard to work from at home. Like, it really isn't. If you know one or two things, like, it's madness. Well, so, doing for the fucking best part of a decade yeah. now, so... <laughs> well, that's true, yeah, I have been doing this shit for a decade, so yeah, fuck <laughs> it, like, but, uh, nah, fuck all, mate, yeah, as I said to you, you know, working on a few little bits and, and bobs in terms of all that sort of technical audio and broadcast and Remote. remote gear, so we're going to be at home for a long time, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it with me, and I actually haven't been drinking much either, I have to say, I've had fuck all to drink, I two two small cans in, in ten days, that's all I've drank. If anyone, if anyone knows the makers of Whiplash, um, can you please tell them that I've cleaned out three off licenses? Okay, right, of what I, right. I don't understand. Right here is right. You remember we were on the phone the other night, and I was in. Yeah. And I sent you a picture of the Whiplash. What? what why was that the wrong one? It's the same ca- color can and stuff. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not the wrong one. It's just the ones I drink are the double IPAs. that like eight percent and stuff. That's uh, they were like a session ale you had or something, wasn't it? Like a three point eight percent or something. Yeah. What's was. why is the, when you were they, looking at it? Yeah. Why are they lighter? There's just so many different kinds of ones they have. But, but what's the one you drink, the one you always go on about then? That's uh, There's loads of them. Set and Sun was my favorite one. That's gone now. That's obsolete. Yeah. Uh, they, they just constantly make new ones. So the one I'm drinking now is called Eventually. Um, and there's a, what, and a one called Telephone something or other. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. I literally have a picture of it here. I'm going to tell you what it's called. But I've cleaned this Blanche out of this stuff. Like There's none. It's all mine. Uh, Nobody else can have it. I love Brooklyn Lager. I that's really nice, like yeah. I love, I really yeah, it's like nice. Uh, Heavy. Telephone line, it's called. So telephone that's the ones line. I'm after. I must try that. I need to actually stop buying them because I'm a fucking I'm telephone an line. degenerate. Because they have it across the road there. They have a load of them ones. Telephone line. She said, I'll, I'll have a go with that. So, you know what we should do? We should start doing this. Get six cans. Fucking stream live <laughs> every night. I tell you what, after six cans of that, I'll be fucking. I'll be on the air. So, we should start a, cra- a craft beer. A craft beer show with Bradley Wharton as well. Brad's mad for what the neck warmer, is it? Yeah, the, the uh, neck oil. Neck oil. I saw that over there. I must grab a can of that now the next day. That's Beavertown. That's that's uh, that's pretty low percentage as well. But ah, I only that. have like two cans of this at night time and I'm fucking in bits. Like, so. <laughs> so that's the way I've been going. I just, man, I I, need... I'm craving for me Guinness. Like, like someone has I would to say so. Yeah. Someone has to. It's not the same out of a can. Like, someone has to start going around now. And this is a great business idea. We were chatting about it last night. There's a couple of me mates, they're Guinness hounds as well. And, uh, why doesn't someone go around in a fucking van and like put a protective thing up and just go around like serving points? 
Guinness. Don't know, man. Be a good idea, surely. No? I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of why people wouldn't want it to happen. And I guess they'd be afraid people would congregate at the van yeah. and then kind of stand around drinking points after. Yeah, I'm sure they could put out some device where people have to stand a metre, two metres. Just like, just like get the fella to carry a gun yeah. and start, like, if you are here after 10 seconds, we're going to start popping off shots. That's the way they do it in Blanche. What have you, all right, right, let's turn this question around. What have you been fucking doing in your, your, your download time? Um, just drinking. Fucking today was uh, unsuccessfully getting guests on the show. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, today, I'm not I'm not doing much. Uh, I'm reading a lot. Um, that's about it. But um, I wanted to start working out today, and I didn't bother me arse. So oh, I blame WrestleMania on that because I stayed up to watch that bollocks last night. So um, that's my own fault. But tomorrow I'm gonna do it. Tomorrow I'll start. I need to get into some kind of rhythm here because I'm fucking I'm getting fierce fleshy boy. I find it very hard to sleep, and I'm, I've never been a great sleeper unless I'm drunk. And I haven't really been drinking much at all. And I'm I'm literally I can't sleep till five AM and I'm waking up at like half seven, half eight and just getting up like. Get yourself a bag of grass. It's not a bad idea. Send some over, will you? I don't know where you get anything like that. But um <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um we're gonna be back next week. Um and we'll have a star studded guest once again. Thank you so much to James Galler, to Artem Loboff. Everyone stay safe, everyone stay isolated. Stop fucking going out and seeing your friends if you've been doing that you dickheads um any, any words you want to pass on there Noel? the police are coming look my light the sound of the police five oh motherfuckers um nah fuck all you else should, you should stick that on top of your fucking drone i right oh, now yeah, Noel is flashing a siren a blue and red siren dead, and he's it? been he's been doing this stuff with, with drones where he flies them over uh churchtown and stuff like that no, imagine McGrath, putting that light on the drone watch. And then just lowering it on a group of teenagers who are standing around. That's a good choice. That would be a, brilliant. That's a great idea. I was talking, you know what else was thinking about? Put, putting toilet paper on the top of the drone as well on a can of Guinness. <laughs> just dropping it beside someone and saying, yeah. enjoy. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be I, I'm going to have to start doing shit like that. The drone, I need a bigger but, fucking drone. That fucking list. All right, no, that's me done. Just I'm, call I'm, it drone surprises. Yeah, set, start a series. I could start. I'd be fuck. People that enjoy my shit, I should start doing a vlog or something. Give it a crack. Oh, I mean, fucking yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People love your shit now. Um, but anyway, I'm going now, um, and Noel is going, and we hope you are all at home being nice people and washing your hands. Love is loads. See you next week. Peace. Be good. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today